Love the sirens. Thank you, random <laughs> human. <laughs> it's just the warning sirens for... Uh, it, uh, they know uh, it's going to get real. They know it's going to get yeah. real in here. Like, that's, yeah. that's what it is. Lock up your lock up your uh your wives, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. And then we'll go ahead and switch this over. Boom. Alright. We're live. So I have with me uh AOS, AOS coach. Wait, no, I confused you Australians. Which one are you? Uh, I'm Anthony, the AOS coach, and uh, I'm here with Mr. Mephisto, the Ossiarch Bone Reapers uh, enthusiast, and we're here today to talk about everything hobby and community. Um, uh, Mr. Meth, why don't you take it away and tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into the hobby. Not really, it's Michael from Doom and Darkness, and um, we're here to talk all things orcs, fun, community, and... Um, yeah, just have a little bit of unfocused rant cast. Yeah, that's right. We're just gonna we're gonna see where the uh, we're gonna go ahead and see where where everything takes us. So, I like I feel like in rant cast fashion, I can't just jump in at the beginning of the community article here on orcs because one rule has been going around in particular that mm -hmm. everyone's talking about. So, so do you mind if we just jump right in and talk about that real quick? Which is this ignore ethereal. Um, what is it? strength of purpose okay sure so so I, I read at the very at the very very beginning of the section a day one errata yeah it's gonna need to be a day one errata well we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit so so uh, just reading the the real quick treatment on on orcs and uh the work uh, the war clans here is it says that it's kind of they actually said literally they're taking two books and putting them in one that's their right. their mission statement. If you have you read the community article yet, or are you going in blind? Yeah, no, I have read it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it says like, you know, they're they're just putting two books in one, but then you're going to be able to, uh, so both horses are free to ally with one another or join forces as a big wall. Yeah. Did I pronounce wall correctly? I don't I don't speak destruction. Well, I think you meant to yell at like wah, but um. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. So right off the gates, uh, you know, they're, they're showing just rule upon rule. And I see a lot of language where it says, you know, bone splitters, bone splitters, or or, uh, or iron jaws. So with this strength of purpose thing here, is that, it's the drac, uh, the drac foot. So is that, do you think, going to be more of like an enclave specific? Is that going to be, how do you think they're going to handle these these two monsters coming together in this book? Because I think this, this well, right here is a pretty pretty telling. Yeah, I really don't know. Um, I'm like, it might just be that if your bone uh, splitters specific, you can take a uh, sub faction for bone splitters, in which um, you know you can be Drakfoot as, uh, as a sub faction. Whether or not you could be Drakfoot in a combined force, I don't know. Whether or not you could somehow sneak Iron Jaws in as Drakfoot, um, I don't know. But as I read this, um, I read this, and it applies to um, bone splitters, right? So right. I imagine that. The unit, the unit or the army is going to have to have that bone splitters keyword in order for it to slide in and be usable with Dragfoot. I mean, I could be completely wrong, but that's just the first impression that I get. I love that we're jumping in on like immediate speculation, but this is the hot button subject. It's been lighting up Twitter today, Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. So I think you're going to see it. Like, first of all, I just want to like, I just want to like, I just want to shh. It's okay to everybody real quick. <laughs> Like, right. Vlazda with an ethereal amulet's like, the last good thing in, in Legion of Nagash. And so, uh, like, I'm not oh. scared. 
that that guy needs to die. I mean, oh, I man. don't care. He has pushed my poo in so many times. I have no sympathy for him. And if Dragfoot just shoots him off, but I mean, I guess the the, the thing is, is that Cunning Ruck, um, which is the big bad that we we all think of straight away, right? They never had really had rend anyways right right and that's the thing is like if this is going if this is going to iron jaw or i'm sorry if this is going to bone splitters which i think it's going to be and even if you end up being able to get ij and bone splitters in the same on the same list i bet you it's going to be drac foot bone splitters which tend not to have rend to begin with yeah i mean that where it becomes awesome is when you've got drac foot um uh big stabbers and you can run those big stabbers into a bloody vampire lord on zombie dragon and just um, absolutely <laughs> skewer him. Oh, yeah. That's the exciting bit. But, um, you know, I think that's sort of fine. And I, I don't foresee that all of a sudden the bone splitter shooting is going to become high rend. Um, right. So I, I think this is only going to be applicable and relevant to um, a certain amount of units. But the thing for this that gets me thinking is it says, in addition, any ability that negates wounds has no effect on um, wounds inflicted and by Dragfoot units. So does this affect... Um, after saves. Um, well, Gotrek's ability to only take one damage. So... Because it's... I have to read... Let, I'm going to pull up Go, uh, Gotrek's uh, War Scroll real quick. Mm. Uh, because the, I mean, it says... An that's an yeah. ability that negate wounds, right? If it does more than one damage, it only can do one. Um, so... Right. So the wording is super important on this one, right? It's going to take care of the shoulder plate of, of Edisa, which is automatically awesome. He's not getting that three up after save. So okay. so weight of dice is kind of already the way you deal with Gotrek, which mm -hmm. is just, you know, skeletons, for instance. Like, just throw, what is it, 40 wounds at him or something like that is what the math works out to is what you need to get through. So dancing yep. skeletons can can put that on them because that after save is really, like, the big problem. But with... um. On, it's Avatar of Grimnir, right? It says, uh, if the damage inflicted by an attack, spell, or ability that targets or affects this model is greater than one, change it to one. Now, it doesn't say anything about negating it. Right. So hmm. it's it's changing the damage characteristic. Um, so I think his ability still works it, as I'm reading it now. But you think that this um, removes ward saves. You can't take a ward save. Yes, and that's the big one. I think it's going to be is it's going to be those after saves. It's going to be those feel no pains that you know whatever we. I think we settled on shrug as a community is what we've decided, right? It's it's gonna it's those shrugs. It's those after saves is like the big one. Right. Um, I mean the thing is is like maniac boar boys and um and the bone splitters on on boars do a ton of attacks like just a massive high volume of, of attacks and at the moment they can fight twice as well so um i mean that's all you need you need those in drag wait, wait, and they'll just put out a ton yep, of attacks way to dice and so and then so now to, to contrast that with shoulder plate roll a dice each time you allocate a wound or mortal wound to this model on a three up that wound or mortal wound is negated that's pretty much the exact language of this strength of purpose which is, yeah. in addition, any ability that negates wounds has no effect on wounds inflicted. Well, I'm, I'm glad that that little... Can I swear? That little guy... Yeah, oh yeah, we're mature. I, and I don't monetize, so I don't give a shit. Like, fucking pee right. off, man. Right, right. Well, I'm glad that little fucker's going to get polexed by a whole bunch of green skins then. That is about as appropriate as I can imagine, so excellent. Yeah, the ancient grudge remains. The, the orcs versus dwarves, right? That's yep. as old as Lord yep. of the Rings. So, uh, yeah, yep. um, I think that's the, the real power, I think, of Strength of Purpose, because as you point out, like, 
Big Stabas, yeah, they they uh, they've got some rend, but the Arrow Boys, which is what everyone's kind of talking about, um, they're not really rend. Uh, it's it's that after save. I think that's really low key. Like I think that's the low key heat on this ability. Um, put some of so at, basically at once I'm telling the community to be at ease. It's not that bad, but also be afraid. Be very afraid. I mean, afraid. who's it bad for though? Who's it bad for? Morathi. Marathi's language says uh, it actually uses the word negated. I believe in her can't any wounds dealt beyond three are negated, and oh, so yes, good. So well, that I, I don't have any, I don't have any sympathy for her either. <laughs> um, to be honest with you, so like big deal. But but the the big thing is to see this get it, it, like it's probably going to need to get clarified in FAQ because do they mean specifically after saves? Because this is yeah. the any ability that negates wounds has no effect on wounds inflicted. That's the language of the after save. So I think that's and is it, it is it is it the first ability apart from um, things that kill models outright that um, ignores or negates uh, board saves or save after saves? Well, anything that slays you outright doesn't give a crap about after saves. Gotrick is is a specific special case where yeah. his says it becomes a mortal wound instead. Yeah. So he. So this is the first rule that we've seen, though, in Age of Sigma that is specifically designed to both ignore ethereal and also ignore aftersaves. This is this is the arms race of rules right here. Is what I was calling it on my Twitter. Is yeah, I uh, joked like a year ago or something facetiously, probably with Halo, that we're gonna see like no really mortal wounds or something like that. Uh, um, this is the mortaler wounds, you know, this is, this is the like, oh, you know, there's too many mortal wounds in the game. So now we're going to have everything with feel no pain, uh, or, you know, a mortal wound save, you know what? But now there's too many after saves because you have Hagnar just ruining it for fucking everybody. Like, so now you're going to see strength of purpose. Um, yeah, I guess it's, I mean, the only thing I can, I can see is, um, ethereal is generally strong against every army except for armies which have a high mortal wound output, and it's, it is seemingly that mortal wounds are becoming more and more common, and so that ethereal, ethereal rule, you know, has a, a less uh, return for Nighthaunt players. Absolutely. And now you int introduce this, which is probably just going to be one more thing. Um, but then, you know, it's complicated. You've got a number of drops, and I played against a Nighthaunt player the other day. He was two battalions. He was, you know, bug roll drops. He could just pop down. He just wrecked me. Um, so quickly, and um, and the combination of not being able to use inspiring presence for battle shock and so forth, um, that is generally what smashes orcs. Um, so, right. you know, right. maybe there's a a built-in counter, um, regardless of all this, where um, Night Haunt will just be a a good match for them anyway. See, we'll have to wait and see. See, I th I, th I do think I mean the Night Haunt has the power. So if you go the Bone Splitters route, right? Um, you have the power to hide half your army off the table. That's a really powerful trick against shooting. So you inherently have the, like... Like, I'm of the mind that models should be pulled off in Age of Sigmar. You may disagree. Um, like, rolling extra saves three times, four times. Like, I think things should just die, and they should be pulled off. <laughs> what? Yeah, I want stuff to die. Yeah, stuff should just die in this game. And so, like, like I'm not like pitching this is the greatest rule i've ever seen or anything like that i'm just i'm just trying to tell people to temper their expect expectations a little bit this is very much a silver bullet though like this is a this isn't like a ubiquitous it's a silver bullet to i again especially after saves it's it splash hates on ethereal but ethereal is already kind of like 
it's ethereal. It's a couple of ethereal amulet monsters rolling around that like everyone loves, and then, um, and then night haunt. So like that's what this like. It's. Yeah. I don't think that that's just. There, there must be. There's, there's obviously something I'm missing within Bone Splitters because, um, like I said, from my knowledge of Bone Splitters at the moment, everything has no rend or very low rend, and um, it's only really the big stabbers which um, would really take like benefit from this because Cunning Ruck, you're just a bucket of dice anyways. Boar Boys, you're a, a ton of dice anyways. Mm -hmm. um, and so with no rend, so ethereal, like it, it won't matter. Right, and we and we haven't seen. And we haven't seen, like, really how they're going to join these forces. Maybe there's a battalion that allows this big wall to be joined under one banner and you can do some tricks. Um, you know, putting this on Brutes is where you'd really like, you'd love, like, the the multiple wawing Brutes is where I think you'd like to have a lot of fun with it. Um, I mean, if we're talking about this on um, Iron Jaws now, we're uh, a whole different world. Right, right. Um, and I just want to address something that Joel said here in chat, which is um, the meta is going to be flipped entirely in two months. And just from sheer volume of content alone, I agree. Uh, there's no way that, that like, just the amount of stuff that's come out. And good on GW, like, bringing a bunch of these outdated tomes into 2.0. Um, like, awesome. I Like, it's going to be rocky going. <laughs> Maybe cunning rocky going forward for a little bit. But, like, I think we're going to... It's for the better in the long run. You know, yeah, I, I, I think it um, actually brings the game back to a, probably a healthier place for me personally, where um, because there will be so many new and so many updated um, armies out there, and so much variance in that rock paper scissors sort of game. Yeah, that um, you have fewer people playing the same army, and of those people that are playing the same army, there's likely to be more different builds amongst those those people playing it. So you've got much more variety. And then the interactions between uh, all of that range of different armies is what's going to be strong against what. It's going to be so dynamic that um, I think that real big fat middle um, <laughs> that uh, people have spoken about yeah. will genuinely evolve. And then um, you're in this really sweet spot where instead of just having, say, uh, a handful of super dominant armies, I actually, I think you're probably always going to have that just because of you the will. rules and balancing issue. But I think it will be less of a problem and there'll be more people that are comfortable just to say, you know what, I can take pretty much whatever army I like the most, find a build that is going to be strong and will compete in that fat meta depending on how the the dice and the, the matchups play out for me right and um i just think that's awesome because instead of you know oh this is this and i need to be playing this army if i want to compete against this army i think now it's just going to be a matter of well you've got five or six games at a tournament there are going to be 15 to 20 competitive armies out there um and so realistically i can take that pun of just purely playing the the army that I really love most, make something competitive out of it, and go smash some face. And um, I think that is like this. That's the dream. That that's the dream. That's yeah. the dream. Is like you're you're gonna have like I'm just gonna arbitrarily say the big three. You're always gonna have like the one or two, maybe three filthiest things in the game. But that the other yeah. stuff that you're not like walking up to a table with like my army is garbage. I am just going here to literally drink beer and have fun. But to actually yeah. take the army you love and be like, if I catch a lucky break. I've got a shot here. That's a much yeah. sweeter spot to live in for your like army. That's just the the pet army that you've you've stuck with for a long time. Uh, yeah, that's a way better. Ooh, that's I'm, a way. Yeah, yeah. And I'm and I'm not saying that um, this is going to be balanced 
or I'm not talking about this is a, 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 a sense of balance balance because within that dynamic you're still going to show up with your army that is competitive and have a complete mismatch on the table and have it overturned too mm -hmm. and you can then look at that situation and go well this is a balance this is ridiculous so the the dynamic i'm sort of trying to explain where i think we're heading is not one of balance but i think it's just a um uh a more variety and uh, more fun overall. Well, it's going to it's going um, to dilute it. It's going to it's going to spread the field out some instead of like just right. seeing the same three armies, same four armies, the same build of every army. You're going to start to actually see some true variant variants beyond just novelty. You're going to see like people's like you always see people's personality because it's a hobby game. But I but like you're going to see it's going to go from just seeing their personality and their models to seeing their personality and their armies. And I think that's a that's a lot cooler. Like yeah. you know I. You know, go ahead. No, I was just going to say we jumped really quickly from one rule into um, into the whole uh, meta thing and and the change of things. So let me just pull it back again. And I just want to say, firstly, um, Mr. Mephisto, I'm so happy that you've started to do this uh, rant cast thing because um, it's the content that I like to listen to while I'm at work. You know, I'm always at work with my headphones in. I want something that's top topical that I can just listen to just some general sort of thoughts and um and this is awesome and that's why I wanted to be on the show and then um I wanted to say thank you by doing a little giveaway as well right so oh, there's right, two right. things right for anyone that's watching this on YouTube because I don't know how to use Twitch I'm sorry but for anyone that's watching <laughs> this on YouTube um just leave a comment on the video below uh, you have to be a subscriber but leave a comment and then Doomcast episode 5 I'll pick one of those people that's commented on this video and um, we'll do a giveaway now. There's only two boxes that I've got here that I can spare to give away. One is Fellwater Trogoths and the other one is a Space Marine Primaris Apothecary. He didn't really work for me because I've been sick lately, so I'm not sure which one to give away. What do you think? Uh, what the hell is 40k? Right, okay, so it's going to be a... <laughs> <it's gonna> be <laughs> a a box of Fellwater Trogoths as a giveaway, so make sure you hit the subscribe button for Mr. Meth and leave a comment on the video, and Doomcast Episode 5, I'll go through and I'll choose one of those, and we'll give it away. So, cool. <laughs> thank you. Wow, no, thank you. That's that's really cool. Look at that, that cross-branding. That's why you're basically the master. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so bring, to bring it back, the beauty of the, the rant cast, we can kind of jump off in various directions, but uh, Iron Jaws, I'm... <sighs> I'm really happy for the uh, the Orc War Clans. Um, when I saw the Allegiance abilities for for uh, Iron Jaws in the new GHB, I'm like, this is good. Like, this is they're the when I think Haywo and I did a we did like a grading thing, and I I got scrapped from that episode, and he went in because we just it was too long. Uh, but I it was the only thing in the whole GHB I gave like an A plus because it it right. did everything that a GHB can do for an army, and and then I'm like, wait, there's a book coming too? Oh, shit. Awesome. Like, that shows me they've got their fingers on the pulse of this army. And so I just... I, I'm i not a destruction player, uh, but yo, kudos as the out, from like the outside looking in. I'm, I'm really excited about this. Well, for, the game's well, better when orcs are better. Like, the game is just better when orcs are better. Um, very true, and we'll come back to this because I want to take this stream down a little bit of a dark path because uh -oh. you brought up GHB 2019. And that is a triggering event for me. So, what's up with this? Was it right? deadly we as ever? We, yeah. We was that was it deadly as ever? <laughs> we have gut busters with not a single change, right? Because they're just as deadly as it ever. Deadly as ever, right? they are. So, so, Empirically speaking. 
that that means we're going to get a book soon, right? That means we're that's, going to get a book right, soon. That's right. But we see Iron Jaws come out with points changes, with a new allegiance ability, with all the good stuff, and then they are probably the first like thing to get a book out. So there is no like I can't see any justification now for why we didn't get any changes in that book and why um, some lynches got touched and some others. There just doesn't seem to be any logical thought behind it that I can come up with. Please correct me if, if, if you think I'm wrong. No, no, I don't think you're wrong. I, I think it like the, oh man, uh, see, I think the GHB was just a kind of a mess for pretty much every reason outlined. Inconsistent would be my word. It was inconsistent. Like if you're if you're gonna bring up IJ and they're most certainly getting a book, well, you know why are you bringing them up and not some armies that are not getting a book sooner and you know so on and so forth. Like so, I understand. I think it, that might have been spread too thin between developing Warcry, between doing um what is it called bloody meeting engagement. I mean the thing that um, we've already forgotten about. Oh yeah, meeting engagements is a thing. That's right. <laughs> no, yeah. some people might like it. Some people like it. That that's cool if you like it fine <laughs> yeah yeah uh, no I don't, I don't know anyone that really I, I do know people that have played it and enjoyed it um but i i don't know of anyone actively in my community that's playing it and enjoying it i still. think it's neat for a, from a tournament stance but if you're doing it from a tournament stance like because they had that little like in tournament primer and i thought that was like the coolest thing they did but it's like usually yeah. i know a lot of tos and they tend to do their own thing with 1k points anyway you know yeah, and so like you're 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 giving people a box to stand inside, which is nice for for some tos, but a lot of the tos I know are like they're doing a lot of creative stuff with the non two K formats. Like pretty much everyone I know is who runs like you know a, a one day event before their their big turn their two K tournament. They do something creative with the, with that other format already, and so it's like, did you really need well, to spend all the time and resources on on this other thing, or could you have maybe brought some other stuff up? But that's. I mean, you've got Warcry and Underworlds, right? And they're the best two sort of other teacher games. games. Yeah. Use for that. Yeah. yeah. To get people used to like just playing, rolling dice and comparing stats and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And Warcry, I do think the jury's still out on Warcry. Um, right now, it's really hyped up, but can it sustain it like any of these other, you know, like boxes? Yeah. I, I don't know. I haven't played it, so I have to re reserve my. Um my judgment to be honest with you i've seen a lot of people enjoying it a lot of people have had a lot of fun of it with it i mean back when i played skirmish um i had a lot of fun with that for like two or three games and then i was like okay well that was a fun experiment <laughs> and um now back to age of sigma because i don't have the time to allocate to both aos and something like warcry but um you know I, I do want to play it um but mainly from a perspective as it might be something fun that i can just enjoy with my son and um you know, because he wants to play Warhammer all the time. Dad, let's play Warhammer, right? That's the best thing in the world, right? But, mm -hmm. um, you know, you come home from work and almost the last thing you want to do is set up the entire table and play actual Warhammer. Um, so you kind of need something that's um, uh, going to bridge that gap that's going to be fun and quick to play with him. Um, and I think Warcry might be that. Um, and then you can take it to, you know, as competitive or, you know, a level as you like. But um, I think right. it's a good place to well, I mean, my take on it's been is a little a little different from that. It's that you know, like my son, uh, he he's like, I want to play Warhammer like you did. I got I got back from uh, I think it was Midwest Meltdown. He's like, I want to play like the tournament you were just at, and so like yeah. I I came and he set up his Legos on our coffee table, and then I just yeah. grabbed dice and I taught him a basic you know 
to hit. Uh, I taught him a basic initiative roll or, or um, uh, what's it called? Priority. I taught him a basic yeah. priority check, just, you know, straight roll off. Um, and I taught him uh, uh, just to roll the hit and roll to and and roll to defend basically so like instead of like yeah. rolling to hit it was just like you roll a die and then have your friend roll a die and whoever's higher hits and you know just like a really so basic I, thing and you're gonna i feel like if you're teaching people how to play warhammer you're gonna find a personalized way to bring them into it the way i learned was by playing my buddy 500 points of my buddy's lizard man army back in like the 90s when i didn't have my whole army i just like he's like okay here you have these you have these two units Right, and then he played his fifteen hundred points, and I played. You know, I played alongside friends, but I was like twelve there. I grasped the game a little better than you know my six year old. So yeah. So at, at the moment, I've been playing like a hybrid version of Dungeons and Dragons and Warhammer, where he basically just picks you know five models that he wants to play with, and um, we use the hit and wound system of AOS because it's quite simple. Right. And the actual ga- gameplay and how he explores explores the. Um, the board and the board being exactly the same my coffee table with um, a bunch of terrain on it is more like a Dungeons and Dragons sort of um, scenario where I've got the freedom just to make it a fun game for him and um, you know he searches the terrain and all this sort of stuff and that's good but um, there's a but he really wants to be playing actual Warhammer and a part of that means following the rules you know mm-hmm. what I mean it really does yes so, yes um, it does yes it does so, so that so what that's why I'm like I'm hoping Warcry can be that transition from the kind of free play D and D style Age of Sigma we play at the moment to okay now here's actually a book with some rules that you can read yes. and and let's follow those as we do everything. Um, build, building so, the army is is a fun part of the game that is left out from that sort of like baby steps teaching someone the game. Whereas Warcry yeah. still has like very much an army building thing going Don't on there. With, yes, exactly. Right. Yeah, so let's see if it sustains. Uh, I like that. I like a lot of the hobby I see on Twitter. Um, I'm loving everybody's models and warbands, and it's a lot of. Uh, I, I'm seeing them all coming together, but it's like again, that's that initial hype wave. I don't know if it's going to sustain. Like, are people going to be riding that wave this time next year, or is it going to just taper off? Um, I think it's going to stick around. I think some of the hype train will disappear, but I I think Warcry is here to stay. To be honest with you. I think it probably is the game that feels that that feels that niche um, the best of all of the sort of mini products that um, the Games Workshop has brought out, and so um, I think they've got a good opportunity to continue to sort of develop on it and so forth. And um, yeah, but I mean, to be honest with you, the one game I just want them to bring back more than anything is um, Bloody Heroes Quest, right? <laughs> That's damn true. Uh, yeah, right. yeah, 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 damn true. Um, I mean, yep. speaking of D and D, Warhammer, um, the you know, the original Chaos Knight look. The I'll never forget those those models from uh, from HeroQuest, and and we used to make up our own campaigns and stuff. And that's, I mean, that's right about the time I got into Dungeons and Dragons, and I wouldn't have gone that far if I hadn't had HeroQuest. Like it just it oh. just was it just lit the fire for everything, you know. Yep, that's the same for me. It was just me and my brothers, and um, yeah, I've got two brothers, and we used to play Heroes Quest nonstop, or um, you know, what's it called, Space Quest, Space Hulk, um, whatever it was at the time. And um, you know, the funny thing is, is that I played like uh, what is it, Space Hulk, and then for the next fifteen years, without knowing Warhammer existed, I fantasized about a huge tabletop game where you had like a whole army of the Space Marines from 
from um, Space Hulk, not knowing that it actually existed. Um, yeah. I, I think that's the other part of the ki- the kid brain too. Is you just like okay, Warcry is fun, but you want the big army, you know, like you want oh, yeah. the whole thing. So so like it's a neat way to like dip your toe in but like you want to jump into that pool once you you like once the warhammer bug bites you you know um yeah i remember you know essentially when i was growing up i was always still collecting all the way into college until i started playing uh 40k i think that's the other warhammer um (laughs) for a few years (laughs) um so i had my like my blood angels army and uh and like with Warhammer Fantasy, I had always been kind of perpetually collecting, and the the day my final model got finished for 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 uh, my Death Army, I was just like, I have arrived. Like this is what it was always meant to be, and then you know, it's just it's two years later now. So <laughs> here we yeah. are. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let's get back to these orcs because yeah. that's the hot topic, right? So right. Um, right. So how it works? Let's just be clear about this. So it's um it is literally two books in one, like you said. So uh it's everything you need to field and iron jaws or a bone splitters army right so they're still separate in that context as they write it um and then there's a third inclusion of how you can field them both as a combination as a one cohesive army um and so that is excellent because if you're an orcist and you're a purist you can just say no i don't want any bone splitters involved i don't even want them wrapped into my army you be your iron jaws or you be your bone splitters or whatever um, and it says here, you know, both factions, so still as separate factions, it's not all just merged as one faction, yep. two distinct separate factions, but in the one book, both of them receive improved allegiance abilities. Now, if they are improving on the Iron Jaws allegiance ability already, then holy shit, we're no. for a world of well, trouble. Well, one of the first, um, the mad as hell is right there, like right out the gates is the very next one they list. At the end of any phase of any wounds or mortal wounds have been inflicted in that phase... On an Iron Jaws unit that is more than nine inches from an enemy unit, that Iron Jaws unit can move D6. Like, they already have yet more ways to get across the table now. Yeah, that's frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> like, as a, as, a, as a... Don't worry, Mod Tribes is going to come out with one set of abilities, not one set of abilities in the GHB, and then say, King me, and have another set of abilities on top well, of it. I mean, if this is the... Um, if this is the... <laughs> All I say, if this is sort of like the template of, of what's coming out for all the different books, and we've already seen a, a, a bit of a sneak peek into Cities of Sigma, which looks excellent as well, then I can kind of relax a little bit about more tribes because um, there's going to be some crazy shit in there, and um, and it should be good. But this Mad as Hell rule is so strong, so strong. So you can I can just think now, I'm thinking, okay, I've got um, this unit or this model, like enemy unit, on an objective, I need to take it out, I need to do some damage to it, whittle it down, and then charge into it, right, and take that objective. So you go, okay, I'm going to shoot at it, you shoot at it, it moves three or four inches away, still within six of the objective, and now you've got an extra, you know, three or four inches on your charge, you fail, that's like, that's game winning right there. Um, Note that it doesn't say move toward the enemy unit, it's a D6 move. You can move a D6 inches away, yeah. Yeah. It's gonna you're gonna do that more than almost anything else because you can already move so fast when you want to. Right. Um that it's gonna be so good just for putting that distance. even like, okay, I hit him with one spell, um, you know, do some damage, now I want to shoot him off. At the end of the, the hero phase, he moves backwards out of range of shooting, 
oh shit, you know, like you just your whole game plan just goes out the window. So um, there's going to be a lot of running away orcs, which is um, cunning before brutal. So it's okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, dog, uh, reflex uh, dog training here is uh, trying to get me to talk about how much Rob loves Skaven. Uh, that's a different podcast, though. But yes, yeah, apparently Rob uh, loves Skaven. Well, I'm working on Skaven right now, and I'm taking Skaven to my next tournament, so we can talk about Skaven. You're not you're not supposed to spoil your next tournament. You're you're supposed to show up in no, secret. It's, no, it's okay. fine. <laughs> no, so, so like they already have yet like another allegiance ability here, and it says specifically Iron Jaws. So it's not like this is the the mega wall, like this mega wall. The, the I'm sorry, this big wall, new version that of the the combined forces. It says Iron Jaws. So, like, yeah. they're already, you know, and then looks like, is this, it says sub-factions of Iron Jaws, and then Iron Sons. Yeah, Iron so Sons was like, a battalion yeah. before, was it not? Yes. Yeah, so, so like, Blood, Blood Tooth and Iron Sons, which were your big mega battalions, which used to get you down. So, they're getting Sylvanaft. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, they're getting, um, uh, I bet you it's going to be more like Hagnar or something. They're getting a little Sylvaneth thing where, like, the Sylvaneth lost its Mega Battalions and they rolled them into their, like, pseudo-enclave type things. Enclaves, yep. temples, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. I hate <laughs> Sylvaneth so much. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Is that because, like, your bases pretty much can't fit through those damn trees? <laughs> oh, man, I hate... I just, I just have, like, PTSD from trying to move my little models through those trees and, like, them falling over left, right, and center, and then I try to pick them up and I'm getting tangled in crap, and then we go, okay, let's just take the trees out. So we take the trees out, and now the whole thing just looks stupid. And then on top of that, it all starts exploding on me. And I'm like, well, that was fun. Right, yeah, right. Uh, my, my, one of my, one of my friends, uh, Sam, he's the, he's the third, he's the third friend between Joe and myself and, well, I guess, An other Andrew, and then there's, then there's Sam, uh, he plays Sylvaneth, and he's still, yeah. I've, I haven't lost to him yet, um, but I, I should, yeah, I should say, in the interest of, um, you not getting down votes, I only <laughs> Sylvaneth. I only hate Sylvaneth for fun. No. I actually love the army. Like, aesthetically on the army, on the table, it looks beautiful. And um, them thematically, I, I love where it is. It's just that um, uh, sometimes frustrating gameplay that I like to over-embellish for the sake of entertainment that, um, you know, gets me... I do the same thing. And and, uh, and don't worry about the downvotes. If someone hears a single comment and decides, like, oh, this entire two-hour video is fucking garbage because of that one comment... Uh, fuck them. Wow. Fuck them. Well, <laughs> well it, 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 it probably wouldn't be the one comment that made it garbage. It would probably be the fact it is actual garbage, but, um... Right, you know, right, well, got, sure. Got, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. yeah, no, you can tee off on whatever you want. Uh, my, uh, uh, warning for the viewer, the ref the views of, of Doom and Darkness, Mr. Michael Sale, do not reflect those of me, because my views are much worse. I hate you all. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Um, so, so yeah, they, they say, like, they're getting expanded allegiance abilities, which is just twisting that deadly-as-ever knife, isn't it? That's got to really suck. Um, yeah, but uh, Iron Jaws are sitting on my shelf, and they're probably, like, my third favorite army in the game. Um, so what's the I, second like, favorite love... army? What's the second favorite army, then? Sorry, this is uh, a... We'll all right, all right, so we're going to... Number one is the Mighty Guts. 
Yeah, so number one is the Mighty Guts. And number two is... Um, is it Skaven? Uh, <laughs> right, so it's like it's like Beast of Chaos and Skaven sort of combined uh, side by side. And okay. if only I had a way to merge those two armies, I'd be in heaven. But um, yeah, they do have a bit of a... Uh, See, it's just chaos. It's just that that bestial version of chaos that I love the most. And um, it makes the most know, sense to get, me. Get away from those four big gods, and you know all that kind the most of sense crap. To me. Um, yeah, beasts yeah. of chaos are, are my are my second army as well. My my second favorite army. It's the um, it's the like fuck you like that I really like about them. If that makes sense, like like they actually think you're a pansy if you worship the chaos gods because like you shouldn't worship a chaos god you take the power and if they don't give it to you fuck them like that's the beast of chaos mentality i love it well yeah i mean beast you know beasts have already lost their souls right they 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 don't get any rewards from the chaos gods anymore the chaos gods took their souls a long time ago they own them completely and so they just are what they are they are just destruction and um, uh, despoiling and just like ruination, right? And um, uh, feral and sadistic and just rutting and just like, it's just good. It's just it's just bestial and um, and I love the the way they fight as well. Like ambushing in, coming from all directions. You wipe one out, and the next thing, another unit's on your objective. I just think it's um, a really cool playstyle. Um, it fits the narrative. And it's really good as well. And then Skaven, on the other hand, is just like, just like. Every time I think about them, like Duhas from Ramstein starts playing in my head. Oh yeah, and um, yeah, and it's just like, oh, I love it. And the horn rats <laughs> in there trying to usurp everyone and just fuck the other chaos. I, I hear and... Black Sabbath when I play Beast of Chaos, like like old school right, Black yeah. Sabbath, like all the whole time, just like Ozzy or or even Dio when Dio was on on Sabbath. They had some great great tunes. I guess I can see like War Pigs just coming in my head as soon as. I look at uh, Beast, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Warpigs just, like, cranks up. <laughs> can we just stay on the topic or what? Because we're talking about Iron Suns <laughs> yeah. and Cunning. Yeah. Right? So, Iron so let's go back there. Right, so so what this is telling me is that they we might see we might not see Mega Battalions going forward, or we might see new Mega, mega Battalions. Because... Yeah. So this I is, don't think we see any. I, I, I don't think AOS wants... Mega battalions in it so much, if if that maybe that's well, a little little hot takey, but not at two k points, you know. I think I think they want to, um, they be more considered with where they put the one drop battalions. So for example, um, Beast of Chaos with um, with their battalions, they're very much intentional. I think you know they've sort of said, well, there are some limitations to this army. So let's allow you to copy and paste it into any of the other um, um, any of the other chaos factions, and we we'll reward you with a one drop as well. Um, but I think probably things like Iron Jaws or whatever it is probably want you to be more realistically around the five or six drops right. in the battalion, and um, and also it works into limiting uh, the number of command points as well and command point generation. So um, I think it's an intentional direction and. Um, uh, it's better to have, well, instead of this person just taking two battalions, um, they can take a battalion and a temple for free and get a bonus that way. Right. Um, but their drops are still higher. So I, I, I don't, I, I like that as well as a, as a direction um, to go. We're, we're on the same page with that. I think it's just, yeah. Like if you're going to be the one drop army, it should pretty much be your one thing, you know, like that's such a powerful effect in and of itself 
that it's yep. it's worth a it's worth a full faction ability, you know. So yeah, sure. Um. So then, uh, and then they go into and then they go into the bone splitters, and the bone splitters is where they they spoil, I think, the most rules here is to just really say we did rework the bone splitters. They're doubling down on their they're the mo- they're the OG monster hunters. Mm-hmm. So yep. So you've got the the tireless trackers after they're set up before the first battle round begins. Half of your units can move up to five inches. <laughs> yep, awesome. Oh, those big stabbers, hop, 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 just like across the field. All right. Yep. Uh, war paint. So they're gonna they maintain their naked baby save because you've got to have one if you're naked. You get a you get a death save. This is a yep. this is a rule. So I mean, tireless trackers is is um really super powerful because um firstly it lets you protect from alpha strikes straight away um especially if you have battalions in your in your low drop but even if you're not even if you're a, a high drop right because before the first battle round so what you do is you set up your army and you can just use two units of 10 like whatever throwaway units you have um and it's like gutter runners or whatever it is or what, what i use raiders for yeah what um, i use raiders for yep yeah and it just gives you that buffer to um if your opponent outdrops you um, they can't just come straight in and smash your lines, and especially things like you know bloodthirsters with exploding axes, anything that can pile in twice with six-inch range. It just gives you that complete layer of protection. But on top of that, not only that, but it, it allows you to okay, so you move up that free five inches, right? You're five inches closer to the objective just with your little shitty units, and then in your turn, you can then run them right on up onto the middle objectives, but on your opponent's side of the objectives, move up a unit behind that, and it gives you another full layer to um, either secure that objective um, or alternatively to um, you know counter once they charge. So it's just it's just super powerful on how the the game plays out as well. So um, tireless trackers is seems like a small buff. I mean, it's anything that buffs movement is always super strong because speed kills. Important. Speed kills, yeah, man. But um, but this is just it. it has much more impact than um than simply that um and the wall paint is just the wall paint you know six up is a a nice to have but um you're you're not yeah it's not it i mean the death saves on on my skeletons isn't what makes them great you know it's it's the regen um the one 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 final thing about kind of like this this is another way which i think tireless trackers and these sort of like pre-combat movements are very good is some of the deployments have gotten pretty congested with the new battle plans they're going to give you a little bit of space because you can you can front line those guys and you know that they're not going to be like right in your grill to start so you get a little breathing room in those in those tight in those tight deployments that you need so that five inches is already protecting that getting a unit activated that you didn't want to get activated or pinned or whatever against god seekers or whoever so no absolutely absolutely so war paint and then monster hunters uh duct taping three abilities into one uh if a friendly bone splitters unit is within three of an enemy monster when it is chosen to fight before it piles in you can pick one of the following abilities until the end of that phase so uh pretty particular uh when it works um and then you can choose one of three things add one to hit rolls seems pretty good um the pile in is going to be situational uh well it's not activate is, from six inches, so it's you know like it's no 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 no. But but why it's so good is because um, when you're fighting a monster and it's your unit against that big monster base, um, 
so you can pile in an extra three, right? Get a wrap around so, that ass. Yeah, you can just slide all the way around <laughs> yeah. that base and get yeah. all your guys just in. Get so, that ass. It's true. Yeah, yeah you want it's absolutely that's yeah. going to make a um uh that it will make a big difference on, well, on bringing that guy down. Especially, that, it would make it a big impact, like a big difference when you really got to bring down that Chimera or Gorgon, right? Because they're having such a big impact. Oh yeah, they're game. so huge. They're they're the best units in the game right now. No, yeah. it's it's um like uh, the one of the big ones is like you know a classic tactic is to take your like in my case it's always a vampire a Vlazda and you want to tag the the thin end of the unit so they have fewer swing back attacks. If I do that yep. to you, you're gonna choose the three inch pile in right, an additional yeah, three inch pile absolutely. in so you can crowd up on yep. me. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so it's, it's, yeah, and then, uh, you know, plus one to hit, so if you're already, if you've already got all of them, all the models in, you know, you've spread out, you've done your due diligence, you've got the charge, you're going to probably choose that one, and, uh, and then if it's kind of doubling down on the fuck you to, to ethereal here, with berserker strength, which is, you get that one mortal wound in addition to your other damage, um, so that, that mortal wound there is, well, I mean, um, if you're using big stabbers, for example, you're probably not going to use the mortal wound. Right? Your weight of dice um, is where you're going to use that. Yeah, that's right. But um, if you've got something that no rend or whatever, and you're fighting the ethereal vampire lord, then we're going to be fishing for those sixes. And and like like I just can't stress enough, like units of um of the boar boys, like the boar riding savage or orcs, they have a ton of attacks, like a ton of attacks, and um. Berserk strength. I mean, this is going to be... They're going to do quite a few mortal wounds. So, yeah, just, just go crit um, fishing. Look out, yeah. <laughs> uh, anything more to add on that? Just... It, it's... it's no, like, it's, it's all good. Like, it's just... Honestly, it's all good. And um, there's no negatives here. I can't see... Nothing here is so ridiculously overpowered. Everything here um, fits in with... I uh, just wanted to see unmodified rule yet so the wording is fine and um uh it fits in with the law of what these guys are meant to do um if you're playing against them and you've got vermin lords and stuff like that you're gonna be like oh shit hang on this is a new dynamic now this is gonna be more difficult for me to deal with and um that makes for a fun game i think so no no monster hunters is cool it's it's a it, it these monster focused abilities have the same problem i have with any ability like it which is its niche um, yep. but, it, but they've put enough one other stuff into the previous allegiant abilities with the movement and the war paint, uh, that like, it's all right to have some niche flavorful stuff, especially if you're duct taping three things onto it instead of just one. Like if this was add one to hit rolls for your monster hunters, yeah. you'd, you'd want to vomit blood. That's terrible. But yeah, it's, it's three things and you're going to choose situationally the best one. Uh, it just shores up. It makes that like that monster unit in the other person's army just have to, Kind of play a little bit more honest game, which is really, really what you want as a you know. As... I guess the the only downside of this is how often is it that you play against monsters, right? So if you're coming up against a chaos faction, then they pretty much always have a monster in there, like all of the the, um, the your chaos keepers, your yep, 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 Lord yep, of Change, whatever Lord, it is, yep. your Vermin Lord Deceivers. So there's always monsters there. Um, there's not in not Beasts of as... Chaos for some fucking no, reason. Not, we don't not, have not... monsters. <laughs> I guess I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that Chimeras are going to get. Uh, you know, just sit on Chimeras for a little while. Um, well, you you summon gonna... them in the back. The, like they're really good. That thing you summon in the back line. I pl I've really been on all herd lately. Like just just right. grinding out that Chimera. Um, but like honestly, 
it could just be Bastigors instead. Like, who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, who gives a shit? Um, yeah. So it's, yeah. I, I mean, but our daughters of Cain don't run monsters. Is the cauldron a mo- the, the cauldron's not a monster? No, the, the cauldron's not a monster. The cauldron's not a monster. Um, so it's just Marathi so, when she transforms. Yeah, Stormcast Eternals like very rarely to see a Star Drake. Like some people still run Star Drakes, and Star Drakes are still good. Um, but they're probably the lesser seen option at the moment. Like you got to be a bit of a Stormcast hips to be pushing around a, a Star Drake in these times. John McGrath talking to you. Uh, <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, no, it's cool. You know, he's just trying something that's uh, different, and um, and that's what he always tries to do, and um, and it actually works. He's just proving that they're still good, but um, they're a bit of a rarity at the moment. So, you know, there are going to certainly be. I think for the most part you're going to be in a situation where there is a monster on the board, but there are certainly going to be those matchups where you're like, shit, my army is so good at killing monsters and there are none here. Yeah. And you've got these, these abilities that turn off and that's always like the feels bad moment, right? Yeah. I mean, you, I think the, the counter argument to that is that most of those armies, a high volume of, of attacks is generally good against, um, so your army's still going to be able to mix it up with them, but um, well, here's a here's a little point counterpoint. Um, yeah, you uh, this actually works. So like everything I I think I, whenever I see a battle tome come out, I always think about the mirror match. And right. with this double book, you're in a, a bit of a weird predicament in terms of the uh, the the mirror match because you have two different armies that you could potentially be seeing. Uh, does this sure up with the uh, the five inch movement and stuff? Is they are, is Games Workshop saying Bone Split has got game against Iron Jaws? Is that what they're doing yeah. here? Yeah, yeah, they sure do. Because <laughs> you're Absolutely. you're you're pushing because you you can you can screen against the Alpha and the Big Wall. You're outside of that yeah. that initial sort of four inches, and I mean one inch back, boom! That five inches gives you the six inches you want to avoid the Smash and Bashin on yeah. the you know the really good Smash and Bashin uh, activations and stuff like. Um, I think this is I think this is a little self-loathing here. I think this is a little green skin on green skin violence. Yeah, but let's not like jump to any assumptions <laughs> or in any way come to the conclusion that bone split uh, bone splitters are better than iron jaws because iron jaws are the best and um, they're the best orc. They always will be. And well, um, I challenge anyone out there to prove me wrong. Throw du- down. It's the um, best, isn't it? It's uh, yeah. It is the best. The best. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't speak destruction very well, but but I understand that one. Well, so I don't know. you're almost there. <laughs> I play. I'm I'm a death player with the soul of a destruction player is what it is, and that's where like beasts of chaos are like my jam because it's it's me being able to play destruction without having to play uh, like orcs or goblins. Um, like it's yeah. I'm allowed to just play the thing that runs forward and smashes face and has a bunch of like you know badass destructive forces and stuff um so then we got strength of purpose we already went over that i don't think we need to go over it again apart from the fact that i I really want to hammer home that this says Drakfoot, and i think that shows some design implications there um bring it on which i haven't personally read yet so let's read it together enemy units within 12 inches of a friendly bone grinds unit at the start of their charge phase must attempt to charge and must make a charge move if it is possible for them do so in addition any enemy unit with three uh, within three inches of a friendly bone grinds unit cannot retreat. So okay, <laughs> right. All right. All right. So, so you bo- bo- bone grinds is a new orc app. 
where orcs can um, register themselves and find other orcs within a vicinity to meet up for a um, um, bit of sensational interaction. <laughs> like, this is this is more, yeah, yeah. It's, like, grind, it's grinder for orcs. It's grinder for orcs is what it is. <laughs> no, this is this is actually um, super. This powerful. is this, this is, is this is board control. This is yeah. This this is insane because you can pull your enemy off objectives um, and preventing enemies from retreating. I've lost at tournaments. I've lost um, like three or four games because I haven't been able to retreat out of a combat onto an objective to win the game. Yep. Yep, or uh, retreat to show up on an objective where, like, you see that, like, unit of Kenrai come down, the unit of five, and you're like, I'm locked in this combat. I thought the Kenrai were dropping over here to do this thing. Oh, nope, they came down here. I'm going to retreat to show up the bodies here to make sure that they can't shoot me off of it and then fly yeah, onto but it. But even, even with that, like, in a game I just had against um, Doors of Cain, so I had five Wrathmongers sitting on an objective, right? He brings down ten Heartrenders, and then he's like, I don't want to charge you. Because if I charge in, you'll explode them and you'll hold the objective. I'm just going to move up and burn it, right? But in, in, if this was the, the case, but I was playing Bone Splitters, he couldn't. He'd come down and have to charge you. You could kill him. He wouldn't secure the objective, right? Like, oh, yeah. it's so good. It's absolutely Well, it's so like giving good. you, for those, like, super killer units that people try to avoid combat with, yep. it's giving you a free charge. You're like, I want to be in combat anyway. This is the the yeah. thing I was I was saying about like fire slayers being like low key good is is like is like if you charge them you've done what they've wanted you to do in the first place which is give them twelve inch movement except the ground moves underneath them and it, you come to them. This is insane. Like actually, if you combine this, could you imagine if could you imagine, if, with, you imagine... Um, tireless trackers? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so you move half your army that free five inches, um, and then you use a command point to run one of your units um, an extra six and you move uh, a certain like unit or units from your army up so that where um, a good say half of your enemy's deployment zone is within 12 inches of that unit like they have to charge and complete the charge if they can they have to so mm -hmm. this means like my but my thank on bone ripper my um storm fiends all of that stuff has to do a charge um now i guess there's going to be some sort of uh weird uh fuckery with players this and they're going to say well i'm going to charge with my storm fiends first they're stuck behind these walls of chaff so they can't actually complete the charge so you know that's mm -hmm. done can't do it and it's done so there's going to be that sort of weird dynamic which i don't like but um there are going to be opportunities where you're going to be able to suck half of your <laughs> opponent out of their deployment phase and out of their castle, bring them out of their castle um, into your chaff screens and then just counter charge. We'll, we'll see that um, this also oh com God. compensates for one of the weaknesses you have as an army, which is a lack of flying. If you force them to charge into uncompromised situations, they're going to cr create gaps in their screen walls that you can move your fast, your fast stuff through your pigs, uh, your pigs. And it's going to give your maw crusher, uh, maw crusher some extra space to land that pie plate, you know? So you're gonna you're yeah. gonna you're gonna create some situations like oh. that. Now it says that they must make a charge move if it is possible. It doesn't say you have to move every unit that charges. So they could still do a thing where they string out and they charge, you know, a single unit close to closest and within half, and then just daisy chain it back. So there's still 
No, that's right. Yeah. So they there's still it's still not like super. It's not. It doesn't say like every unit must move as far as it's possible with or every model no. must move as far as. So they can still do some daisy chaining and stuff, and they can maybe even there. I can see some situations where you can they can use this against you, where like for instance like with big blob blocks like my skeletons is like now oh cool I just get to build the perfect amoeba now like yeah. but the thing I yeah. hate about a rule like this is just a fundamental. Just one of the things I hate in the game. You should never feel bad for rolling 12 on 2d6. You are going to create a situation where someone feels bad for rolling 12 on 2d6. Furthermore, they're going to be riding home in their fucking car. And they're going to be like, the only box cars I rolled all fucking day was to get pulled out of my own deployment. <laughs> against yeah, or pulled, fucking... Pulled off or pulled off an objective from fucking bone grins. Like... <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you... it. it... It means you just get to pick. Like, you think about if you have a... I mean, bone splitters don't have a resilient monster, so so that's it. But I'm just thinking, like, if you pull a Star Drake, for example, off somewhere into a combat that he can't win quickly, that he can't retreat from, right? Like, you take 500 points out of the game where you want it. Oh, yeah. You run up, you run units, small units, up the flanks of the board and start pulling shit sideways, mm-hmm. right? Oh, that's yeah, like, and you're gonna. Oh yeah. my god, yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So bone, this is cool. This bone is really, grins really or or bone grinder. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> this isn't bad. Um, it could no, be it, like this. yeah, like like no, Joel McGrath says. Like what, what is about Joel say? I can't see the chat. Uh, Joel says that could be really beneficial to your opponent too. Say Slanash super fast, can't run and charge on their heavier hitters. They can now get in your grill super easily well enemy units within 12 at the start of their charge phase must attempt to charge so so i'm already seeing an faq thing what if you can't run and charge and you ran that unit must it charge well no you can't because so you you can't charge so like if i just run at you i can counter this Mm -hmm. this this bone grins ability yeah all right so so there's some counterplay for it um, but I still think it's pretty sweet. Um, I like that it does two things as well. When you ha- do something that's not that's situationally good, you should do something that's reliably good. Like, so like situationally good, twelve inch, reliably good, can't can't retreat. Like, can't retreat. Yep. Yep. So whenever you you duct tape abilities together, I, I just I like that. I think Games Workshop's head is getting in the correct direction for some of the rules writing with stuff like yep. this. I mean, the the trade off for all of this stuff is that you know the traditional cunning ruck and things like that are hopefully gone and out the window, right? What's that? You know, well, the trade-off for all these excellent rules is that what you had previously, which is rolling 10 buckets of dice with a cunning ruck, is going to be gone. Theoretically, right? Like, Yeah, well, I've heard... I've heard it's changed, but... Um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, we'll see. I, don't, I didn't see anything in here. Um... So then the big wall, this is where things get really interesting. The big wall is a new set of allegiance abilities that allows you to combine bone splitters and iron jaws in one unstoppable horde. Charge up with the devastating energies of the wall itself. Alright, so with this army you'll generate wall point every turn representing the savage energies of Gorkamorka. And uh, generate wall points every turn. So yeah. are you getting your own resource instead of command point? being command point reliant yep you are getting your own resource now well you're gonna have your command points and you've got a new resource 
So now you've got a new, you've, so now you've got a new resource. You've got wall points. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. So I think that's that's really like the big takeaway here. Uh, so the powerful and un unpredictable resource can be generated in several ways: war chanters, war dogs, war gog prophets, all provide war points. While particular orc play will reward you even more as you charge foes and get stuck into your heroes. So you know, with Nurgle, with contagion points, how um, for each tree you get D3. For having a unit in your enemy zone, you get an extra one or two. For blah blah blah. I'm pretty sure that's going to be the dynamic that we're looking at where... Um, it's just always uh, going to be crumping, right? Like, you're just always going to be fighting in a different... Well, I mean, for every every like charge you complete, you get X amount of points for, right. you know, your different um, war chanters and so forth will generate X amount per turn. Destroying a unit will probably give you more or something like that, and then you're going to build them up. Um, the only thing, so it says, these then provide cumulative bonuses for your army. Um, as the battle goes on, you get better at smashing stuff with some truly devastating abilities on the table. Um, with Smash em, Bash em, for instance, even the relatively lowly Ard boys will blend their enemies in close combat. So the thing is, is that I guess I don't get the impression, but then I'll just skip that table for a second because it says, while points can also be spent on some nifty abilities, you can sacrifice them to boost your spell casting. So you must... Um, there must be a cumulative nature. So if you leave the wall yeah. topped off, you do sweet shit. So like here it says 16 smash them. If you have 16 wall points, add one to hit rolls for attacks made with melee weapons used by friendly auric units. 20 yeah. bash them, add one to wound rolls. And I'm guessing you get everything because it says cumulative. So at 20 wall, you have one to hit and one to wound. Or you can burn like wall points and do something like ridiculous, right? So... Yeah, that's it. So you basically are building up to Hagnar as if you don't send them, right? <laughs> right. Because it's, and it fits the, the war sort of theme, right? Because the war is like like in 40k or in fantasy, it's essentially the same thing. In 40k, it's like, you know, the psychic um, psychic power that it emits from orcs as they go into combat and it just builds and builds and builds. In fantasy, it's the, you know, the green stuff, the, the, the magic, the war magic which um, just builds and builds around the horde. So the longer you're fighting, the, the more it builds up, and then it is a permanent um, effect. And then, you know, you use it traditionally with magic to put for, call down a, a foot of gork or something like that. But um, in this instance, you're going to use it, expend it, much like a blood tithe, and um, and do something. But is it powerful what we can do? What is it? The big wah. The big wah. Uh, so at least 24. So you can use this com yeah. command ability. But your general needs to be on the battlefield. So look yeah. at that already having more counterplay than Slanesh. I'm sorry, uh, continue. <laughs> See, that was a shots fired at Slanesh. Just kill all their heroes, quote-unquote. You only have to kill one hero oh, here. Right. Easier, easier yeah. counterplay. I mean, Megaboss on Crusher with a Theo Amulet, he's not going in. So, um, but this is interesting. I, 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 have a, I have a hand of dust that disagrees. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, all right, all right. Uh, no, he's on. He's on the shelf. He's on the shelf. No, no one's gonna see him for like a calendar year. Right. You should just keep him out eternally and be the the Nagash. I I could do that. I could do that. It's fine. I I've got some new lists. Um, some new technology. Um. Anyway, so yeah, you can use this command ability at the start of your combat phase if you have a big wall army with at least twenty four wall points. I I just want to say, well, you seem to be reading here. I really like when rules reflect the army. And they've gotten a lot better at doing that lately. And this is just very much on point. So, so the first thing about this is when you read 
to big wah with the um, combination of the, uh, what are we calling this? Is it green energy? Is it wah points? It's wah points. Okay, so um, the fact that the big wah is an ability that you spend wah points on and what the big wah is, is essentially almost what the command ability for the mega bosses used to be. Um, this says to me, because it's going to generate an additional attack, right? But you can't use this command ability more than once. So per you phase. can't stack this. Per phase. Yeah, yeah. So if you can yeah. fight in multiple phases, um, I'm guessing this is going to count for your enemy's combat phase. So you're going to be able to use this on in there. So it says you can use this at the, st oh, at the start of the combat phase. So you can use this in the enemy combat phase too. Yeah, I mean, that's fine, but you're only adding one attack, right? Right, right. And the wah which you used to spend command points on to add an additional attack, which was conditional on the amount of units around you and blah, 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 all the other crap. Mm -hmm. But you used to be able to burn multiple command points to... Yeah, um, to jackpot it. attacks, right? Yeah, but to play when the slot I, machine. I look at this, I just see them as taking that dynamic, moving it, um, and that mechanic, taking away from being something that's command point generated to being wire point generated, and then removing the ability to stack it. So I personally don't think... I don't I think like we're gonna this. See a change to the command ability on the mega bosses and um if we don't see a change to the command ability on the on the mega bosses it's going to be a once per use command ability on the mega boss to get um a wah which will give you an extra attack and then you can combine that with the big wah to get two extra attacks as like this is all just pure speculation but um this is like a warning sign to me that the command ability on the mega boss is changing well, here's here's this one thing. Here's bullshit destruction randomness at the end of this ability. They couldn't let this already okay. It's just like a situational. You have to build up 24 wall points. I'd imagine it's going to be actually relatively easy to get those. But like, it's just one attack. You're not jackpotting them anymore. You're not like hoarding all your command points and like throwing like five walls out there, six walls. Yeah. And then it says at the end of any phase in which you use this command ability, you must roll a die. On the one, reduce the wall points of your army to zero. Yeah. On a two to five, have the wall points for your army. And on a six, nothing happens. Like, they just couldn't let you continue to have uh, fun. You have to, you have to have <laughs> random elements of destruction. But, you know, all of this so far is starting to indicate a few things. So, number one, you've lost your mega battalion, right? Because they've all become temples or enclaves or whatever they are. So, right. You've, you've lost the command point there already so you're looking you're restricted now straight away to likely one battalion plus purchasing one um, extra command point so likely to start with two command points now um, as opposed to three um, and then as well having this ability put in it sort of indicates because they wouldn't want to just stack up and keep stacking the same themed thing right it seems like a a very lazy way to do it so um yeah i think the the massive stacking of the wire is gone is what a, a lot of people would have predicted as well yeah uh, you can see higher drops um so why rewrite it all in the ghb for like six well, months I don't, I, I don't think well yeah i mean <laughs> <laughs> for this like just... for like six months to just like to change the whole system <laughs> yeah i mean you can still keep the same command ability where you use your command to fight do the a... hero phase yeah and to do a move um right. that's fine because yeah. you could you could have but then but then i guess you're looking at um for your allegiance abilities you're looking at smashing and bashing um command point to fight in the hero phase and move 
and you're looking at the the big wah as well or the wah points as well like that seems like too many things doesn't yeah. it yeah yeah i don't know so i mean yeah i i i you can see the the gears turning here for I what know. they're doing with the book yeah i know what happened what's that i know what happened i i think they there's a pretty good theory in chat here but go on yeah okay they wrote an allegiance ability for gut busters which was fight the hero phase or spend a command point to move and they're like this is going to be a great buff to gut busters they sent it off to the editor he stuffed it up and auto-corrected gut busters to iron jaws <laughs> that's that's what happened that's that, that that's the right. only explanation yeah that's the like, only like, only the, logical explanation what's the chat what's the chat saying sorry i can't see the chat no so. no chat is basically propo- thinking that uh is it uh Ty here is uh so ij could have a few fin- oh no that's that's the reason they got buffed is so they got they got changed in the ghb to be changed in the book again so that they could have a couple top five finishes before crashing back to the mud uh and then <laughs> frank says it's uh because the the releases must have been pushed up so whatever like full future like maybe ij or i the new ij stuff was going to come out next year and so that ghb was supposed to be a to hold them over for a full year instead of just like six months but but here we are. Mm. <laughs> here, give me a moment while we put on our tinfoil hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily think that there's that much of a grand plan. I think they just kind of said, well, what are we going to do? We've got this template already written out for an allegiance ability for these guys. Just whack it in there and um, we're working on the book anyway. So, you know, and, and not really put that much thought into it. But um, uh, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I think there's just not a lot of real... I think just everyone was working on other things, it, which it are was... all good, awesome other things, and there was nowhere near as much thought invested into the GHB. And when you combine like the new book that um, was announced as well, which combines all your battle plans and everything like that, which is kind of essentially what we actually want the GHB to be. Right. Right. So now we have battle tomes updated for everything so it makes the allegiance um section of the of the ghb obsolete in the next six months and then combine that with a new product which is going to combine all the rules that we need for match play in one book which is what the ghb should have been anyways you're sort of less left with this this book that is like nothing and And so it makes so you just so like are you are you saying and like that like the ghb 2019 which already had like I think pretty lukewarm to, I know a lot of like my inner circle weren't really pleased with it overall as a book. Uh, it, uh, Man, it, it bummed me out so much that I got bloody like be, depressed and all negative on the hobby. Beyond, beyond the like deadly, like even beyond the like deadly as ever, I it just was an inconsistent book. But like, yeah. then you look at like these other, other releases coming down the line and it's like, it makes that book seem even, even more nonsensical yeah yeah i guess that's yeah it. and like all the other stuff like good very good like thumbs up like well, i'm happy for the this new battle book that they're they're talking about uh i'm yeah. really i'm actually i don't play destruction so i don't have the inside track on on you know how i should really feel about any of this i'm looking at it and i like i like the general like as a person who, who writes and understands rules and mechanics like i'm i like the 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 heart of where they're going with all this stuff i need to see it all together i need to see that maw crush's ability i need to see how some of the other other allegiance abilities stick around to see that like you can still play a little bit of the jackpot machine and like and throw out some really big waws and maybe you have some like micro waws in there or something i don't know um 
So like this, like I, I like I think the litmus test is pretty good on the rest of this stuff, but it's like that book is just even more. It they it's like they put meeting engagements in it just to justify that book existing. Yeah, no, I agree, and um, this is going to be the most truly perplexing um, part of of the GHB two thousand nineteen is that um, the variation we see for the Iron Jaws Allegiance abilities and how they play in the new book as opposed to what was released in the GHB because it's only GHB was what three months ago now. So we've had three months ago of Iron Jaws like loving it and kicking everyone's butt. Um, and then we're going to change that completely, which makes you think, well, what's the point of doing any of it in the first place? So yeah, we're going to have to wait and see. Um, it might just make it, but if you're an Iron Jaws player and you have been for some time, like if you've only been playing them in the last month and a half or two months where you're stacking all the command abilities and you've got the new fantastic um, Elite's ability, um, you, know, you can fight the hero phase and so forth, then you might be pissed off when these changes happen and if they happen and it removes that as an option. But if you've been playing Iron Jaws, like I've had Iron Jaws since, you know, AOS 1, before AOS 1, like when they first came out almost. And so I've seen like, this is like the third version of Iron Jaws. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, it's changed so many times and the play style has changed and what you can and can't do and how they compete in the meta has changed two or three times. So I, I, it's not really a anything I'll get upset about. I think I'll just be like, yeah, cool, this is the new thing. This is the and, new uh, This is the new Iron Jaws, right? Like, and as, as long as they run across the table and smash, smash. in some form, yep. like that i'm fine yeah yeah and i again i'm not i'm not an orc player and i would defer to any orc players like in insights or how they feel about this but for the most part i i, I just and this transitions right into our next subject which is just the number of books is i'm just pleased with the amount of content they are putting out yeah uh i could probably do a whole rant cast on the ghb and how i'm just like scratching my head more and more with every book that does come out but like ignoring that let's just put the ghb 2019 in a bubble and like we're gonna put the bubble off to the side we're not gonna talk about it we're not gonna look at that bubble um the well, no i mean perhaps it's something <laughs> that we should just never forget right no, we yeah, like, like hashtag never forget yeah hashtag hashtag never forget okay so we could do it the okay so like on one side we have on one side we have the bubble of ignore it and on the other side there's like just a giant shrine of never forget <laughs> Yeah, so, like GHB 2019, just as deadly. Never forget. Let, oh, sorry, less. You know, less we forget, which is what we use for our, our Anzac Day soldiers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that's the end of the Iron Jaws, right? Yeah, so that's the end of the Iron Jaws. Um, I like, I do like the two books in one thing because this is an interesting. This is a really interesting riff on what started back with Legions of Nagash and what I think is going to kind of end with Cities. Which is this notion right. of taking a bunch of armies and putting them into a book. And going forward, theoretically, we're going to have just... We, we got to get Seraphon, yet they just they also deserve a tome. We got to get... Maw Tribes is obviously coming. Um, well, so on that, I just want to... So, okay. Um, yep, we combine these two factions. We clean up two old books and two old allegiances in one. Mm -hmm. we, we update it and we release it. Fantastic. Cities of Sigma, cool. we do the same thing. Um, Legions of Nagash would do the same thing, Ugh. but Seraphon, Seraphon. <laughs> Sorry, Legions of Nagash, we do the same thing. Uh, that was the beta test for the rest of these books, though. It yeah, was... that's right. Uh, I mean... Such a oh man, the, it, that book has gotten worse every month <laughs> that we've gone away wow. from the release. 
I think it's going to continue to get worse as well because um well they, they they've the screwed day, a whole ga they've screwed an entire ga based on that book yeah well i mean it was it was the whole ga is legacy um warhammer right apart from tomb kings it's all the legacy warhammer and i think age of sigma for death moving forward it's Ossiarch bone reapers and new factions like night, night haunt Warhammer, yep yep that's yeah, it I mean, I, Yep, and I think if I like, I don't think we're going to see um, new releases that flesh out Legions of Nagash. I think we'll see new releases which can be tacked into Legions of Nagash, but I don't think we're going to see new releases specifically targeting Legions of Nagash. I think it's it's new space all the way. Night Haunt. It's yeah, exactly. I, I I'm I'm with you there, and so I, I think that L one book kind of like doomed uh, an entire GA for a. For a few years to come uh i'm not doom and gloom about it because i'm really excited for bone reapers if you're not aware go back and watch the first two episodes of Rantcast. that's how this whole thing yeah. started um it's just me gushing about i think in total now including right now probably about 12 straight recorded hours of how excited i am for bone reapers so don't don't read me wrong when i shit on the ln book there's i have the ability to assess something as like a book and then I have my love of a faction, my love of an army, you know? And I think you got to yeah. kind of wear a couple of different hats like that when you're talking stuff like these. Um, so, yeah, uh, man, we got active chat tonight. What's everyone saying? So, but what I want to say is that. Yeah, Seraphon, yeah, finish your thought. Okay, Seraphon is going to be the next old faction which is released with new models and is its own standalone faction moving forward in AOS. And I think it's going to be absolutely spectacular because I think Seraphon is one of those factions that the new, that GW can make new models for that will fit into AOS and will just be absolutely awesome. Like if you think about the, um, what are the big guys from the moon clubs called? Uh, I can't remember what they're called. Hmm. I'm sorry, I've been trying to catch up on chat. What, what, what were we talking? Oh, he's muted. All right. Um, sorry, my wife was just asking me if I'm picking up my son from school. Oh, all right. So um, the answer is yes, I am. But it's not now, so let's okay. continue. All right, so my question on books coming out in 2019. Ma Tribe, Cities, Orcs, and OSB coming out still this year. What chaos gets released next? I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> oh, um, no, no, uh, Zench. Zench will be the Zinch. next to be You think Zench is? All right, so we're going to work... We, I mean, you've already got you got Blades of Corn and Slanesh both this year. Was Skaven this yep. year still? Uh, Skaven was like January, sure. February, wasn't it? Yeah, it was certainly recent. So yeah, let's say yes. And then uh, Beast of Chaos was like November last year. It has been rife with releases for Chaos. You greedy Chaos bastard. Yeah, but, but Chaos <laughs> has to be up to date, right? Chaos is the big bad. We yeah, need, we need the Chaos factions up to date. We need Ever Chosen. Um, but I think I think we're going to see a redo of Zench sooner rather we're, than later. We're, yeah, I think we're well, and that's the thing is like we people have been calling for this this Dark Oath ever chosen mega faction thing uh, yep. for Archeon. Um, they got to be saving that for the story thing, and so you're probably going to see Zench before you see that Dark Oath ever chosen thing, because the yeah. way we have the Soul Wars going on right now and stuff. Archeon's just been, like, sitting on his, like, hind ass this whole time? Like, no, come on, like... But that's gotta be, like, a malign... A malign portent Soul Wars. I think that's gotta be, like, a bigger event. Yeah, it's a big, big, um... Evolution in the story arc. We still have the Slanesh story arc to unfold. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's, like... At the moment, we have Zench, which is a book that's like KO. Where if you buy the book, 
most of the spells, the artifacts, the units don't work as the book says. It's like an obsolete product. So it's better to bring that out and update that um, than it is to bring out a whole new faction while that's still a pile of garbage and, and just doesn't work. So I think they need to get Zench done and then they can start moving forward with the, the new stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like Chaos, Zench, that's got to be it. So that's a chat question. Um, is there anything else you wanted to mention on the just the volume of books and kind of like looking forward to it? Uh, well, only just what we touched on before is that um, in, like everyone constantly talks about the meta and I'm happy to forget about the meta for a little while because it's going to be so hard to predict what's going to happen. Um, we're going to see books that are coming out that are seemingly overpowered or have dynamics like um, with the activation wars that we all thought, oh, this is horrible and actually is horrible. But, um, <laughs> but then we're going to see uh, a stream of books coming out that are going to change that. We're going to see factions uh, and books being released that we never ever imagined before. Um, we're going to see new like rule spaces that we haven't operated in before and it's going to try and change the dynamic of everything continually and then like storm fiends where you know everyone focuses on one thing with skaven and then all of a sudden you know six months later storms storm fiends rear their ugly head we're going to see that continue to evolve with all the different books that have come out and um i think it's just going to bring warhammer back to a really awesome space where um where the i guess the win averages of a lot of different armies are going to start to even out a little bit more we're mm -hmm. still going to have those skewed ones that are dominant it's still going to be an, an issue because i don't think balance is a real thing but um but i think it's just going to bring the whole um game to a healthier point and it's going to challenge a lot of people where instead of people being able to go well what's the strongest thing or what's the army that is the strongest army at the moment that i can buy because i want to be competitive in tournaments um you it's going to be a very hard line to pursue because it while that is what it is right now for two or three months you're going to go spend you know a grand on a new army to try and have a top meta army and then in two or three months it's going to be poop again because bone splitters have been released or cities of sigmar has come out or even just a new build within cities of sigmar has evolved that is complete counter to what you've got mm -hmm. and i think that's a big disincentive for that meta chasing and i think that overall that's healthy for the hobby like i think that's healthy for the tournament well, scene as well you're gonna see people and and i've got to take on new players but you're gonna see like us like regular players they're going to I don't say, like, meta chasing is always going to be a thing, but you're actually going to have this point in time where you you have players who are like, I could chase the meta. Or I could, like, actually, like, dig my heels in on this army and really, like, go into it for a year. Like, swapping, like, okay, here's build one, you know. Um, okay, you know what, I, I didn't like this unit of these ten guys, so I'm going to swap in, like, this other unit here. And you're going to see this, like, even within, like, the sort of, like, the longer a game goes on, the average skill of the the average player increases. So, like we see this in like in in like every everything from Street Fighter to to you know MOBAs and stuff like that. You see the average Magic the Gathering, the average player skill. Now they 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 maintain the same level of like wins losses and stuff like that, but their average like knowledge and stuff continues to to increase. And so you're gonna have these players that are essentially forced to learn their armies better. And I think from that stance, it's it's a it's a positive for the game. Um, also, as a new player walking up to this game, we're actually going to be 
able to honestly for once as a community say play what you like instead of fucking lying to them yeah. <laughs> like, like, no, I, yeah, I absolutely agree and like, um, uh, if you're like, an Iron Jaws player like if you're all about the Orcs you can play the shit out of the Orcs and if all of a sudden the meta goes against them you say okay I can supplement it with the with the bone splitters now to um, <coughs> excuse me to meet that deficiency and keep playing the faction that essentially you love but chase the meta within your faction you can exactly yeah you're absolutely going to be able to do it within um city of the sigma oh my god that thing is going to be insane that book but um uh yeah so i just think this is overall heading to a healthier place because the thing about the imbalance Ooh. in the game or, or having only a few armies which have uh you know such a high win rate is that it really does create negativity for me personally when I look at the game that I love and I think, fuck it, why are there these three outstanding armies that are just shitting on everyone? Um, that actually gets to me and, and really does affect um, my attitude towards the game overall. But when I look out there and I see, you know what, there are, now there are 20 bullshit armies, I'm like, <laughs> cool, Every, everyone is bullshit. This is a place where I can be happy and, um, and be a little bit more accepting well of the facts. So... Yeah, well, it's better for me. Well, th this actually goes back to one of, like, my huge takes that I, I just, I've always gone to for, like, a metaphor for, like, what I think good balance is. Because balance yeah. is, as you point out, like, a lie. Like, it's impossible to have, like, perfect balance. But you can always be chasing it a little bit. But if everything's bullshit, nothing's bullshit. Like, you you create yeah. the Three Stooges effect, where, like, everything, like, it's the Three Stooges all trying to get through the doorway at the same time. It's just, like, everything yeah. is bullshit and they can't all fit through the door. Um, yeah. And I mean, like I said before, you're still going to have complete imbalance within that dynamic where you do show up to a tabletop, you get your hard counter and you get hammered and it just seems like ridiculous and unbalanced. But I think um, when it plays out across a thousand games across 10 tournaments, uh, you know, for a, for a lot, for a hundred odd people, um, you're going to find that um, everyone has that same experience in a way. So you're going to get mixed matches, which seem in unbalanced, but on the overall scale, um, it's such a fat middle that there are so that, that there are those counters in play. It's so. it's it's the a little bit like the football effect in you know the there's so few games of of American football, um, you know we get sixteen right um, that any it's called any the any given Sunday right like you any team can win on any given Sunday even if you're like because there's enough sort of parity that's being achieved via this like sort of dilution you're diluting the power across a bunch of armies now instead of like just three armies and then everything else is outdated and shit. Like, yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I'm, I look, right. I look forward to this is, I, I said on, on Warhammer weekly, like this is, this is the meta I've looked forward to the most in, in like what three GHBs for me of, of age of Sigmar. So yeah. a, a relatively small sample size compared to, to you and a lot of the others, but, but it's like, I've fast fallen in love with this game and and this is this is where I kind of want to this this next six months is the most exciting to me. This is what I want to see. Yeah, you know, I, on top of how it impacts the meta, um, the other thing is that like for the last two years or three years, so many people have had a focus on when are you going to update my army? When um, are you going to bring all the old legacy stuff up to date with Age of Sigma? Right. So you're constantly thinking about when is this already existing thing going to get updated? That's such a big focus. And um, they're so close to doing it that um, the focus is now shifting from not when is my existing old stuff going to get updated, but 
what are they going to do next? And so your, your focus very much shifts on when is the new stuff going to come out and everyone is looking forward instead of looking backwards. And um, that is the best place for the game and for the company overall, I think, where all the existing player base is just looking forwards, not looking backwards. And um, it helps people that are still hooked move on from those Warhammer Fantasy days as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and they finally sort of stopped... I've got. I got to take. I'm going to save until the do we do the city. Uh, we do the cities. Uh, the cities cast in two days already. Jesus. Um, <laughs> but but basically, I don't mind self plagiarizing. So I I think there's a danger in catering to people who still want Warhammer Fantasy Battle. That being said, oh, I do th- because like I. Maybe I was aberrant, and one of the reasons I got like super pumped. My favorite character is is uh nagash uh and has been since warhammer fantasy since that stupid terrible model that horrible horrible big cheeked big boned model the the original bone daddy like the clown guy (laughs) what's that the clown guy yeah yeah the terror you all know the you all know the terrible model like i loved the uh i i loved the uh the lore where he like stole like humans weren't allowed to have magic so he stole magic from the elves and like i fell in love with that guy and so i want i, I need to establish my og cred for, for warhammer the warhammer fantasy battle people watching but when they announced osiarch bone reapers i was like hell yeah i want the new thing like i just like i my love for nagash like him like nagash himself is eternal i will always love that model nothing you do with this game will ever change how every great memory I have in Warhammer fantasy battle, all the friends I made along the way and, and everything along those lines. But when, when I came to age of Sigmar, I came to age of Sigmar because, and I'm going to steal Frank's take here. It is a fantasy game of a fantasy game. It's like, it's gotten even more absurd. And I love that about it. Like I, I, I like when they take an army and they look at it sideways and go, what does this look like in the mortal realms? And KO is usually like the, the poster child for this take, which is, KO is like, let's take dwarves. Yeah, but we don't want, like, your standard grumpy dwarves. Let's look at it sideways. Oh, shit, they're, they're super, they're hyper-capitalist space pirates. Like, oh, sh- like, when you do that, and, like, they did that with the bone, the bone reapers, too, where they're like, what would, a what would, like, the new death bone rattly stuff? Oh, they'd be fucking bone constructs, and they'd all have, like, war masks, like, fucking Japanese samurai style that have these exaggerated facial expressions because Nagash himself is mocking Sigmar's like Stormcast Eternals. It's a very Age of Sigmar army and I like them doing that. So but I'm gonna... but uh, but but, go, but bring everybody into the game first and they're doing that. Yeah. Go so I, I sort of um I'll just push back on a little bit because, I mean, all what you said is true and all what you said I love as well. But um, I came into Warhammer from a D&D, right? I grew up playing D&D Same. my whole life. And um, with all my brothers, it was like, the, you know, best, best memories of my life playing D&D with my mates. And um, then when I was in the army, some mates said to me, hey, let's play this Warhammer thing. And, um, okay, so I went down looking for a Warhammer army and with a Forgotten Realms world in my head already so i wanted to find an army that best represented Mm. what i loved already from that so i'm looking for orcs ogres whatever it is but instead i was seeing skaven and and i mean skaven like where rats whatever like there's i'm sure there's analogy there but the empire from um, warhammer 
doesn't really fit with the civilizations of the forgotten realm right because mm-hmm. one's like europe and and whatever else so i didn't actually like a lot of the warhammer armies original um, warhammer I, right like fantasy yeah, yeah. Orig- warhammer fantasy and that's one of the reasons why i went to playing ogres first because they were the closest faction to actually ogres in say D. well right? so i could cross over yeah yeah so yeah that, so, that bridge and, and one thing that i still want more than any anything is um almost that traditional representation of medieval and, and fantasy worlds in Warhammer. Like I want to be able to play a Lizardman army that is like D and D Lizardman as opposed to Seraphon, but I want everything. That's my problem. Is I think you're going to get everything. I want, yeah. I want that new super high fantasy, crazy, everything taken to the nine. Um, but I still want to play an army that really just triggers that 20 years of awesome fantasy experience playing D and D growing up. So um, I really do want that blend and I don't want it to move so far away that for a lot of people that have probably had a traditional fantasy upbringing to come and then look at the army and not be able to relate because everything is so different. That's a, that's a perfect caveat to my long tirade there. Um, <laughs> no, I, D and D was my, um, was my gateway drug into like all nerdery. I play video games because I can't always have people to run through a D and D session. And I played Warhammer because like I went over to my friend's house to play D and D and I looked yep. on a shelf and he had high elves sitting right there. And I went, what are those? Um, yeah. See, like high elves still blend in that setting, but they're elves. So you know. yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and then I, that's when, you know, I'm like, well, which, which army do you have? That's like Castlevania, the army. Oh shit. Like fucking, uh, pre tomb <laughs> King Castlevania time to play undead baby. Um, yep. <laughs> so, so like I, that, that was my end too. And, and just going back to, to hero quest real quick hero quest also it, it inhabited that same period in time and it really was just like D D, hero quest warhammer and you just have this direct line from D D to hero quest all the way into warhammer yep. and yep. and that that's cool and and just to kind of wrap up what you said i think the city's book and this is where i've been saying on twitter for for weeks and months i think the city's book is the most important book because i think it's going to show that lineage better than anything possibly could in a way they have an opportunity here to really fuck it up first of all i'm going to be optimistic cautiously optimistic they also have a uh, an opportunity here to just crush a home run meta implications sure but really that 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 thread from dnd all the way up from the world that was all the way up you're going to be able to look at the 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 like you're going to be able to look at every city's army that every person's coming out with and you're going to be able to go i see how you got into this game you know like you're going to be able to go i see you i can see your nerd on your sleeve <laughs> yeah I, I think for cities of sigma if um people are out there hoping just that cities of sigma is in some way going to recreate what you had of those armies in fantasy warhammer fantasy you're going to be really disappointed and it's going to be upsetting for you but um i think if you but apart from that i completely agree with you mm-hmm. i think it's one of the most important important books in the release schedule i think it brings so many people back into the fold i think it gives so many people opportunity to use the models that they've had for a long time they still love and they want to use um but i just i think but if you expect it still to be high elves or you expect it still to be wood elves or dark elves, right. um, I think you might be disappointed if that's what you really want because, sure, you're going to be able to make a whole new thing using those models, and that's going to be excellent. But, you but might for lose. me, I like... Go ahead. 
yeah, like I, I, I love the Dark Elves. Um, I love um, Wanderers, and um, and really that's about it, right? So if I can combine Dark Elves and Wanderers into one faction, which I think the models look well enough to do, in Cities of Sigma, I, I, that's excellent. Mega but I don't executioners want it to be Dark Elves. I want it to be a new yeah. thing. Um, well, I'm see, okay. and and that's and that's where I want I want to see the I want to see the. I want to see the Bone Reaper Dark Elves. Like, I want to see what Age of Sigmar new Dark Elves look like. And I want to see the Bone Reapers or the, the KOified High Elves. Like, I really want to see those Logic Elf Angelic beings that are from Hish or whatever. I, like, uh, I'm, right. I'm, I want to see what that looks like. But I'm happy that, that they have that bridge from the old to the new, I think, that they're able to extend yeah. that. You might have to lose a little bit of your identity in the process. But at least you still get to play with your toys. Yeah, I mean, just get the old legacy stuff out the way, bring it all up to date, and um, and then we can bring out the angelic elves and stuff like that moving forward, and um, the new elves, the half dragon elves, the the crazy stuff of the future, and um, and it's all going to be awesome. And if you don't like that, you know, well, you still got bloody pikemen with cod pieces and feathers in their hat to um, to float your boat if that what what gets you off. And it is what gets me off. But um, <laughs> uh, so. You said you you kind of teetered on mentioning something there when you were talking about D and D and Skaven, and so I just wanted yeah. to, to real quick nail this tangent before we move on, okay. which is so when I saw like uh, so I came in at I, I use D and D as shorthand for a bunch of more ar- obscure RPGs. So I need need to mention that real quick is like I played a Palladium fantasy role playing game it was actually my my first game. Well, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the role playing game by Palladium Books, and then that was. And I, I'd only played D&D once, but it was, like, actually the Palladium books. I always use D&D as shorthand, so I don't have to explain that. But I've had sure. a single glass of wine, so there we go. So, um, so you just went and explained it. Yeah, so I went and explained it. Um, but Skaven, coming at it from, like, a tabletop RPG, I looked at Skaven and I went, man, this is, like, the most unique thing in this IP they have is Skaven. In terms of, yeah. like, you know, you that talked about that Forgotten Realms. Like, you want the Forgotten Realms of the Living Greyhawk, like, what fantasy orcs are. Or, or whatever, and then you look at what Warhammer orcs and Warhammer fantasy things are, and you're like, these are a little bit different. But I saw Skaven, I'm like, yeah. Skaven are really freaking cool. And it yeah. dawned on me why Skaven, from a European company, would be this absolute scourge, unique idea. They had to deal with the fucking plague. And over here, <laughs> we didn't. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, rats would, rat men would become like this like completely unique stealth idea. Yep, no, rats are, um, rat men were one of the most unique things. I mean, when I looked at it, it was going to be Gaven, Tomb Kings, or Ogres, which was my, my first army that I dipped into, and ended up going with Ogres, but that's after, you know, swinging three times between Skaven or, um, or Tomb Kings. So, um, no, they are very unique, and, um, and they're a cool little faction. They've got a good lore, they've got a good place in the world, and, um, yeah, everything about them is awesome and fantastic. Right, right on. So... I think that brings us to like kind of like just the final segment here, which is okay, mate. Which is we were one of the things, and I I, I gotta kind of give you props because I know you uh, you you kind of wanted to see this thing happen too, this rant cast, and uh, and it all comes at it from like a place of pure passion. Like I've recently identified that the reason I can't contain all these other subjects with Age of Sigmar is because for me, Age of Sigmar is bigger than just a game. It's become kind of a lifestyle and it's the way i like to say it is age of sigmar is where all the voices in my head come together and play 
Like, I've got the, like, video game voice in my head, and I've got the D&D voice in my head and stuff like that, but Age of Sigmar is where, like, all these voices get to come come together and play. Um, do you have any... I just wrote down life, but I, I, I feel like in the pre-show we were kind of talking about, like, this sort of concept of, like, Age of Sigmar is life. Like, that's... It's just... It's bigger than just a game for a lot of us. It takes over, obviously, your shelves. It's It, it has a... Whereas D&D, like, yeah, I've got a bunch of D&D books. They kind of just sit there. All my models are, like, literally taking over my room physically. You know, I've got yeah. a purple sun just sitting right here on my desk, and I'm a, yeah. a, a maelstrom there, and another box of ten bestigors. So this is yet another one from uh, the previous video, the last time I mentioned yeah. them. So, so, so I want to. So, I'm going to take this in probably a uh, different direction. No, it's fine. The, yeah, go. Intending, but um, so you know, I'm always thinking about Warhammer. Always, it is. It is so on my mind that it's almost problematic, realistically, because you have to think to yourself, it's not normal for me to be um, recording a podcast about Warhammer, but at the same time, I'm riding my posty bike. You know just a shout out to John McGrath again, or I'm sitting at work listening to a Warhammer podcast the whole time. And then when I'm at home after work and I'm sitting on the couch or I'm about to have dinner or whatever, I'm building a list on Azir on my phone, right? And then after my family and everything have gone to bed, I'm sitting down at my table and then I'm painting. And then when I'm not doing that, I'm actually planning a trip to go into state with all my mates to play Warhammer, right? And yeah. so, and then I've got my garage which I have converted into my man cave, put down carpet, put up a stud wall. And this is my, like, it's almost dedicated to gaming and Warhammer, right? And so it's the hobby. It's a hobby that I've chosen to consume my spare time with, but it bleeds out of that, doesn't it? Yeah. And bleeds into so many other areas of your life. And um, so I just want to explore that a little bit because it's both positive and negative. It's positive because, I mean, realistically... Um, when do we look at this as being, okay, this gives me a constructive uh, thing to do with my time, which also leads into social interactions and in which at, you know, my age, sort of 38, um, it's not every day that you just make new friends, right? But you always make new friends when you go to tournaments and play Warhammer. Always. Because you're meeting, you're meeting people with the same interests. You've always got something in common to talk about. And, um, and from that single point of meeting, you can always engage with each other until the next time you see each other. So it's fantastic for making friends. So that's the positive side of it, right? It's something constructive. I'm still working with my hands. I'm learning new skills in painting. It's attention to detail. Um, and I'm making new friends. That's all the positive as well. But then you think you have to think to yourself at some point, at what point do we stop calling it hobby and we start calling it addiction? Uh, I think around the time... Around the time you have a second army is when it's an addiction. <laughs> and so, right, like, so if you already, if you're on, like, your sixth or seventh army, you're fucked and yeah. there's no help for you. Like, yeah. there's no, there's no AOS Anonymous. Like, you can't, we can't pull you back. The best we can do is yeah. just hunker down and commiserate with you. No, I, yeah. it's, I, I like that you bring that up because I have made, I have been around, like, a bunch of nerd stuff my whole life. And, and there are a couple, like, communities that i i, I will like this speedrunners uh fighter games and DD all have really strong great communities um and i made a couple friends through those but we're talking one year out of my local gaming store i've already made more close friends in this in this in this lifestyle <laughs> than yeah. i have in a lifetime of that other stuff 
And mm-hmm. part of it, part of it, like anything, is timing. Part of it's me. You know, like I'm, I'm at a point where like I just it, making friends is hard to do. And you go to yep. a tournament, and like I've already got that first barrier to communication out of the way when I show up to a tournament. I don't need yep. to find out if I have something in common with you yet. I know you do. And from there, it becomes exploring what else do we have in common. And those are my yep. stronger relationships. Is like, okay, we've got AOS in common. Well, now what else, right? And yep. and then like, and now what else? And and you know, I thumb out messages on on Twitter and stuff like that. Um, I would say when it becomes negative is when it's at a threat to like any addiction, health, well-being, and and well-being can include your financial stability and well-being. If you are throwing away money at models instead of paying your bills, you've gone jokingly. I said you've gone too far at Six Army. No, you really. We really like that's where you need to maybe reassess your priorities. Yeah, but I, I think it's um, I, I always wonder about because when we talk about it, I mean, it could be as simple as you go, well, do I want to buy this one extra box of um, of rats or not, right? And you buy it, and then at the end of the month, you find you're fifty dollars, a hundred dollars short of where you wanted to be, and you're like, okay, um, was that problematic that I bought this box because it's still sitting on the shelf, I haven't used it. And those funds that I was aware of could have been used better elsewhere. So that's like, obviously, if you just have spent all your money on Warhammer and you have no money for food or anything else, then it's a real problem. Right. But, um, it has become a real think, problem. Then. We like but, to joke it's I'm, plastic crack, but that's when it becomes a real problem. Yeah, but in some ways it is, I think, because sometimes that because it is so pervasive in all the aspects of our life. It takes instead over. Instead of being a hundred, yeah, hundred percent focused on work. I'm 90% focused on work and I'm building a list in the other part of my brain. Um, and I find that there's a, an interesting dynamic that like, because the hobby is so, because how many people do you know that play Age of Sigma or 40K, but get play games workshop products. Let me just say that, that also play six other games at the same time. What I normally see is that people either play six other games and very little games workshop, or they play very heavily games workshop. Um, do you think that would be a fair assessment from your experience? Uh, I mean, you're talking to a guy who, who's about to have a video game marathon take up a bunch, like a whole, a whole calendar month. Oh, no, no. Okay. Forget about video games. Take them out. Take video games. Cause I, I, I'm able to, I'm the most committed to this because it requires the most time age of Sigmar, but I keep those other things on the back burner, you know? And Okay. Like I'm able to like run a D- weekly D and D game, but right. I don't run. I don't play Age of Sigmar weekly usually because of that, right? Right. And uh, so like my my, but like that's not that I'm not constantly making the list. I'm not at work constantly thinking about it. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, but but I, but, but it, it seems to be that so many people once you're into this hobby. You're in. It's pervasive. You're in. You're in. In, in for a penny, in for a pound. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, that. that's the thing is, like, I think, and the barrier really is, you've got, you buy your first model, cool, you're in, you're interested. You buy your first kill team uh, for that other game, or you buy your first uh, war band now. Like, now you're in a little bit more. Once you get that 2K army, you're in. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, yeah. once you have the full fieldable, even if it's the Grey Tide, you are now in. And then when you have that, once you get that one to a, a point of finished, and you get the second army, I think you're you're just your life is Warhammer now. Like it's <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's it like 
I think that, like, that's how I, I frame it, is, like, it's a progression of, like, any, anything. So what if you're a person that had, because it was Mental Health Week, right? So what if you're a person with mental health problems, whatever mm-hmm. it is that your demon is that you struggle with, Yep. and then you're all of a sudden introduced into this hobby that becomes so pervasive in your life, Ooh. whether or not that is a good dynamic or not. I want to explore this with... um. What's his name? Alex. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I really would like to deep dive into the, um, or any observations between personality type addiction games workshop, because what I see is I see that, that people that get into this hobby, into games workshop product products and have a social group around them to support that and, and encourage it, get straight into it, get into, and there's so many benefits that come from it as well. But, um, but it might not necessarily be the best thing for every person because it does become such a pervasive part of your life that uh, another... when something turns bad, can so, it... So, yeah. so if, I, if I can riff on this a little bit, um, your biggest threat to your well-being is monetary with Age of Sigmar. Can we agree on that? Like, it's... Because you're, you're going to... And from there, other problems are going to snowball, right? Yeah, I think it... Well, I think it would be monetary and also time. Yeah, well, okay, right, so sure. yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you've got to so sacrifice. Like, but when you get into another addiction, like you have some of those other vices, you have like other mental health issues. Like I am a, I am a Wisconsinite, which means I am a. It just come. I I get issued a card when I show up that I am a drinker. Um, <laughs> okay. So like my my other chief vice is, is drinking. Uh, drinking has a monetary component. Every week I buy either. a a case or a bottle of something sometimes i buy multiple um to put it in perspective usually what i buy could buy me at least a blister pack uh it could go all the way up to a box of something for age of sigmar but i'm always i always buy that right <laughs> you know you've got a problem when whenever you buy something yeah you compare i'm like I, I, yeah like i'm like if i i could buy okay so i could buy the good whiskey this week or I could buy the cheap whiskey and save fifty bucks for a box of bone rapers. <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah. no, no, it's um, like, but but again, so like you've got the monetary investment in other vices usually too. There's a small time investment investment, not the same way with Age of Sigmar. Um, it's a different proportion. But then there's a health investment. There is a f- oh, yeah. physical health problem that that immediately occurs with these other addictions, right? Well, not immediately, but it it begins to occur. Age of Sigmar doesn't hit the health first, the way some of these others do. It goes money and health for a lot of the other addictions. You know, you do hair, you do heroin. It's money and health, like, yeah. and then you start to lose time because you're fucking zonked out, and you know you're just a vegetable for like fucking four hours to twelve hours of every day. Just because you brought up alcohol and just an interesting dynamic, I wanted to sort of mention on sort of alcohol and and say Age of Sigmar as a comparison, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have a uh, so I, I have an extended family. They have a get-together. Each time they have a get-together, each one of them brings you know X amount of alcohol that they've just recently purchased. In right. Australia, alcohol is very expensive compared to America. Dirt right? cheap. So say you're going to spend like 40 to $60 on a bottle of um, uh, a bottle of scotch or something like that mm-hmm. to bring to the event. You have five people which all show up. There's $250 in alcohol that all of those people have brought for this one specific occasion. And then they consume it all in that event. They have the effect of it in that event. 
and everyone laughs and everyone has fun. There's a social oh, event, but it's completely this. acceptable, right? Yeah. But if then then those people who aren't in the hobby come look at the price of say you know like a box of endless spells, and they go, "What the hell? You're paying fifty dollars for the plastic? You know, for the, just this plastic, this ridiculous. All this stuff is so expensive." And I consider it, well, hang on, you just spent $60 on a bottle of scotch, which That's you're going to give you enjoyment for like, yeah, it's gone for like in six hours or whatever it is. Um, this is going to bring me enjoyment for untold hours moving yes. forward and the tears of my enemy. This seems which like... Which are priceless. Very, yeah. I mean, you this seems like for a, tears such a healthier interaction for my life and everything moving forward than your... But yet one is far more socially acceptable than the other i mean but that's the that's the plight of all nerdery my friend is you're just simply an outlier group in terms of the status quo is you're not what you do isn't socially acceptable um like nerd is is more more and more acceptable but amid the nerd hierarchy the tribes war gamers are like the most out liar niche <laughs> like i think they're like D, &D think, uh, stranger things made D, D ubiquitous everyone knows what the fuck dungeons and dragons is now everybody knows yeah. add in critical role everybody is interested in it there is no there is nothing like that for age of sigmar we're still very much i don't want to call us insular because i've i've never seen a more accepting community of of various archetypes and and cross sections of human being like if you want to play age of sigmar I will fucking teach you to play Age of Sigmar. In fact, I will, like yeah. a pusher of a drug, try to get you to yeah. buy your first box of models. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, I, like, like, so I'm, I'm like, I'm the bad enabler of this hobby. Like, I want you to buy models and come play. Um, yeah. So, like, I mean, the, there's a closeness to this group that I think keeps you in check when it comes to some of the more negative habits. Like, I just, this, this is hitting a little close to home because... Um, I, I sort of impromptu ended up going to Nashcon and right. like, I could afford it, but like, yeah. I could afford it right in like big brackets that like, it's like, I can afford it, but you shouldn't just spend money on everything you can afford. Right. Because now future you has a problem. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yep. So, so now future me yeah. has to deal with the problem. And then like, like, okay, I'd already budgeted to go down to circle city. This, this other this is going to be the first week of October, first weekend of October. So I'd already budgeted to go to Circle City, which is a team tournament. I'm super pumped for the team tournament format. I haven't gotten to play it yet. I just, I think this is a great dynamic to the game. I really want to play teams. I'm going with the first friend I ever made at a tournament away from my local game store. Uh, Kyle, I shout him out on the stream from time to time. I'm going with Kyle and then Brendan, who's basically like the death local hero for, for our region. Like he's like, he is the Lord of death. Like, so, like, I get to be on the team with, like, like, basically, honestly, like, like, the evil side of the force, or, like, the good side of the force, and the dark side of the force, and, like, right there on the yeah. team, team with these two guys. The thing I'm, I'm the most, the, like, I'm just, like, looking forward to this, right? And I'm like, okay, cool. So, like, this is gonna be cool. And then I, I like, I had to back out of it because shit happened in reality. Like, yep. it, and it, I, it was, it, I feel like crap right now. And, like... Like, I mean, I feel physically bad. Like, I had to back out of this tournament. That's probably a sign that, like, you're a little little more invested than you should be. Because if this was, like, if there was, like, I'm backing out of a magic tournament, whatever, man. Who gives a shit? Yeah, like, I can't run D&D &D next week. I feel a little bit bad because it's all of my friends that I run D&D &D for. And I'm, like, I'm giving them their serotonin for the week. 
they're looking yeah. forward to this this D and D game, and now I can't run it. And so like they are less happy than they would have been that week had they gone. And so like I was a little, <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's a little bit like um, like I felt really bad, but then like then the community side comes in and they're like, no, Andrew, we understand. It's cool, dude. You know, yeah. and like I really expected, like, nope, this is it. I just burned all of the bridges. Like, I have no friends left in the community, and like, I'm my brain immediately starts to spiral because I I am someone who struggles with mental health, and I take every issue in my life tends to be interconnected with other issues too. It's not just say just Sigmar. It's you know, if I if I can't sell a write, if I can't sell a story, I am bad at all of the things. Like, it's not just I'm suddenly terrible at Age of Sigmar because I couldn't sell a short story. Like, it's it's yeah. that's just part of me, and so I'm like I'm just expecting the other shoe to drop. And I'm like, oh no, like everyone then just like, hey, Andrew, no, it's cool. And, and I'm like, okay, cool. Now I'm back in check because I think that community does have perhaps the most positive aspect of Age of Sigmar isn't the models, isn't the lasting effect of like, you know, I've got my endless spells here that I'm, every time I resolved a purple sun, I have just fucking gotten giddy. It's always done a big effect. That joy and I keep getting to have that every time I cast that spell for the whole rest of my, the, the time it's relevant in the, in, in the game. Like, so that lasting effect there is cool, but the real bond, the real important part is the age of Sig is the age of Sigmar community that, that there. And I really happier on this show because the first, one of the first videos I saw, like, I think there's a progression for everyone when they get into age of Sigmar is you start probably local. You more than likely start with a friend. You know, like some yep. friend gets you, you know, and then you start going to the local store or you find a store, right? Maybe go to the G, like a Games Workshop store or an LGS. Um, and then you go on the fucking internet, right? Like <laughs> you go to TGA, you go to the Facebook groups um, and you start to like, you start to branch out from there. And then you start watching YouTube videos because you want to get good because you've like lost at your local gaming store once and that's when you subscribe to doom and darkness and that was when i subscribed to doom and darkness on youtube and the first video i yep. saw was you driving in a fucking tank through like the outback or whatever i don't know what the fuck your landscape is like like getting yep. out with yep. your video yep. yeah yeah and like just prying like talking about age of sigmar then getting out your truck like swearing about kangaroos and like just fucking rue and like pulling it out the grill of your tank that you just like or whatever i don't know pulling it off the side of the road and then talking about age of sigmar i'm like i remember that was like one of my first it was like that and then and it was that in aos coach and i couldn't tell you which one i watched first but like uh, that I tell you you watched me first. it was you first <laughs> is that it like like objectively speaking yeah so i watched that video and i'm like this guy gets me because then i go and i'm driving in my work truck it's it's not as impressive as your tank and it's deer instead of kangaroo uh, and it's a fucking boatload of snow at the time. I, I you know, I started getting it was like January, December. Um, it's just like January, December, February, like fucking snow instead of uh, snow and deer instead of outback desert and kangaroos. And like I saw that yeah. parallel there, where like yep. you're literally in the upside down, and like I have now connected to this human being across the world <laughs> because yep. I'm as excited about tiny plastic men as 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 he is. Yeah, it's so easy to relate. You know, there are so many people from different walks of life, some of them extremely similar, perhaps like um, you're alluding to with you and me. And um, and we all just like our plastic toys and we both have the same problem of we can't stop thinking about them. <laughs> it's, um, a, it's a habit. It's a it's an addiction. Yeah. yeah. So you can literally walk up to someone at a tournament, be like as awkward as Napoleon Dynamite and say, hi, my name's Michael and I like gut busters. And they'll be like, 
hi, my name's Andrew, <laughs> and I like Nagash, and you're automatically <laughs> best friends because you both know exactly where you're coming yeah, from. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, that truly is the um, the absolute best thing about um, about the whole hobby I find, and I always say, you know, that's the whole reason I go to tournaments, and um, just to meet the same sort of like-minded people, hang out, have fun, roll dice, see what happens when Thankwell puts four warp fire throws on one unit, and um, yeah, roll all those dice, and and that's what it's about. Yeah, and also like the tears of your enemies and crushing people and getting trophies is also like a lot of fun too. Like that's. <laughs> yep, yeah. Not not so many trophies in my my Age of Sigma tournament career so far, but um, we'll wait and see. <laughs> oh man! All right. Um, is uh, so. What do you want to put on blast? Like a shout outs to shout outs. What are you doing? No, Obvious. Well, I just want to remind everyone that um, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you leave a comment below, hit the subscribe button for Mister Mephisto. We're going to give a giveaway for on for a uh, box of Fellwater Trogos on Doomcast episode five. I just want to shout out this guy, Mr. Meth, because um, he's keeping me company during the week and um, and it's awesome and fantastic. So just want to see this grow. Want to see you keep up the, um, the good work. A big thank you to all the content providers that keep our everlasting addiction to Age of Sigma going throughout the week when we can't play. And um, that's really it, man. I look forward to seeing who and what you're going to talk to or and about next. And... Um, and it's all good. Yeah, next next show is going to be AOS Coach. I'm going to basically it's it's October, man, not October around here, and it's it's come early. Like, do you have Santa Claus down there? Like, is that a thing in Australia? Uh, Santa Claus is a thing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure. Is it like <laughs> like there's there's Santa come? So it's like Santa came early, uh, and and now you get October early. So it's we're going basically back to back with Australians. I'm actually going to have Christian Ware on in a couple weeks. To, uh, well, Christian but, is one of my favorite people in the world. Be it, he's not, I don't know, like, we've claimed him now. I don't know if I can count him as an Australian anymore. He is fucking Australian, mate. He is, like, is he? You okay. can't have him. You can't have him. We he's can't. the nicest guy. He is. I love being around him. Just, uh, I, I love his attitude to hobby, to people, everything. Like, Christian is, is he's the boss. Yeah, yeah, it's him. And then uh, and then uh, Luke's actually going to join me. And we've got a little bit of a Luke's weird... Phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is, is he going to talk about his Scourge Privateers? I'm going to try to keep him off the subject of Scourge Privateers. I have a little bit of something else uh, in mind for that cast. Um, Let's just say um, a big congratulations to Luke at the moment because he just had another baby. That's right. Like yesterday. And um, if there's one thing in the world that's better than Warhammer, it's children, like little kids and family and so forth. So big congratulations to Luke. That's excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congrats, man. And, uh, and... And, uh, you know, good luck with all that. Uh, the only thing better than Warhammer and babies, though, is training minions that are your babies to grow up and play Warhammer with you. Well, yeah, I like my son <laughs> just being able to crawl under the table quick and pick up my dice. The dice? Dropped. Yeah. <laughs> who, who, else, who else do you have on after Luke? Uh... So I, I've got a little bit of a hole in the schedule. I gotta, I gotta figure out. Um, I'm thinking of maybe doing, right. bringing on some of the viewers, doing like a viewer, like a a viewer thank you type episodes to bring on a couple okay. people who watch but aren't necessarily content creators. Um, well, if, you it, wanna give keep, it, if you want to, I was gonna say if you want to keep it Australian, you could reach out to Joel McGrath from Magic Gaming or I Clint could Mallet from the Helds of War podcast, and um, all good people. 
I could talk to Joel. I think that's that's good. And I'm leaving a a, a spontaneous rant cast in there somewhere to have the arch nemesis of the Midwest, Brendan Melnick, on to talk Bone Reapers with me um, at well, some point. I love Brendan and everything he's got to say, so I'll certainly be tuning in for that it's, one. It's, it's fun, because he's like, he's got this persona, and it's like, I like, see, I like, I like WWE, I like, like, wrestling heels, you know? Like, I, I'm yeah. very much into, like, the heels, and it's like, like, so I like a good heel persona and stuff, and I think he's, he's kind of got that going on a little bit, but, but, uh, he's also a very passionate guy when it comes to the game, so that'll, that'll be right. a fun, fun episode. Maybe a little good cop, bad cop dynamic when he comes on, but Joel... And, uh, and, uh, well, and Joe will be, Joe will be a bad cop. I'm just warning you now. <laughs> you well, the, yeah, I see. I like that chippiness to like, we were talking about like kind of the difference between the, the, uh, oh man, I, we can just bring it back here real quick. Um, <laughs> we were talking about the, the sort of differences between some of the communities and stuff. And I think Australia has that like more than other scenes has the, it's the sledging. They, you've got the like that that sort of like giving each other shit a little bit more, taking the piss out of each other a little bit more than like at least here in America where it's a little bit more cordial. You know, like you walk yeah, up to a table. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's really that. I think it's more just that um, some of us are better than others. So, for example, I am better than AOS coach in everything that we <laughs> all ever always do. Um, and so that's just a natural fire. hierarchy. <laughs> how it plays out so um but you know all right sorry for the sorry for the cold clothes there everybody um <laughs> doom thank you so much for coming on thanks for, thanks for reaching out and say and you know and joining me for this this is this has meant a lot it's uh they say don't meet your heroes but hell man um Mate, i'm so happy that i could just participate love what you're doing keep it going even if it was by accident and um and big thank you to you so yeah, right on. And thank you, chat. Thanks for uh, joining us on this this wacky and wild journey tonight. Uh, take care, yeah, everybody. You, we'll see you later. Cheers.